0: One. Our God is an awesome God, he
1: reigns from, from heaven on. above to
0: Keep going, keep going.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm going to redo that again later on when yeah. I remember the words. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, 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 I completely forgot the words after that. <laughs> what is going on everybody? Welcome to episode 6. Yeah. Wow, already. Time flies when you're having fun
1: that's 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 what they say yes sir how are you (laughs) i'm i'm doing really good man i'm a little fatigued but i I, it's best to be like that and not to mention that it's finally why i i I can't even say if we have spring weather if it's this summer weather now but i'd say this is summer weather right yeah not that i'm mad right but i would rather have spring which is true spring, mm-hmm. right? That 12, 10 degrees to eighteen degrees kind of thing. Sweater weather, yes. Yeah, still,
0: I love sweater weather.
1: I agree. But it's already, it's already what it's gonna be. What did you say? How high it's gonna be today?
0: Uh, twenty six degrees Celsius. Lord have mercy. Yeah, it's gonna be a warm one today. Another one. Another one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Shout out,
0: DJ. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was told yesterday. Um, some of my friends that it was a record that was broken for temperature wise on that particular day that was measured around 28 or 29 degrees and that was beaten uh since i think a date in 19 around 1940s and at that time it was on this day was about 24 26 degrees Mm. but yesterday but um yeah we got 28 or 29 if we include the humidex and all that stuff so it is dusty.
0: It's really, it's actually really, really warm. Um, and it's weird because I was telling my wife this yesterday. I was like, it's like we didn't have this in between that we normally have. Where in, where in April, we sometimes even still get a little bit of snow.
1: Yeah, I remember those years that we still had snow for sure. Yeah, yeah. like
0: when my son, was, my son was born on Tuesday, it's his birthday, his third birthday. And when he was born, there was still snow. It was cold. It was a cold day when he was born. Huh. So, it's it's and now, yesterday it was 27, 28, today is going to be 26, 27 Celsius. It's pretty, pretty warm. It's like beach weather almost.
1: Yeah, that's, that's hot, man. This is not supposed to be spring temperature right now.
0: I'm not complaining, but I got to put up my AC one of these days.
1: You know what? Screw it. I'm going to complain. This is not how it's supposed to be. I'm going to rant about this. I have a lot to get off my chest. (laughs) Screw it! (laughs) Sick and tiredness! I want my 10, 12 degrees! I want to hear the birds chirping! Oh, my God. Uh, That's too much.
0: (laughs) We us as human beings, us as Canadians, especially right, <laughs> we're either complaining that it's too cold or it's too hot.
1: Yeah, that's that's how you know you're Canadian, man. That's you're the, always complaining.
0: That is the most Canadian thing that could happen.
1: Honestly, <laughs> honestly, that time. is such a Canadian thing, man. I think
0: we got to at one point. I think when it got really, really cold here, it was like minus thirty with the windshield.
1: Oh, that was beautiful.
0: Yeah, and then now we're almost plus thirty degrees Honest. Celsius, and we're complaining. <sighs>
1: That's the thing. Eh? Once we get the winter blues, kind of thing, like we're like, bring summer, he bring summer. And now yeah. that you're Like, okay, let's go back. Let's backpedal a bit. Uh, the thing
0: is, in the summer, it gets too humid. That's, that's like why you I don't, know yeah. you, you know it's bad when the when the walls start sweating. Oh lord, because of the humidity. Yeah, that's not good. That's Canada, though. People, it is, man. the mis- the the conception misconception of Canada is that it's cold all year long, but when it gets <laughs> hot,
1: it gets hot. Yeah, I, I was told that there's still Americans. I think that once they pass the border, like it's it's just all snow and igloos. Yeah, apparently that's still the, the my mindset. Gr- my grandpa.
0: When we were younger, he used to tell us that when his uh, his uh, idea of Canada was people living in igloos. <laughs> and then I'm like, bro, seriously?
1: You know, at that time, I can understand it, right? Yeah, sure. You know, no technology, not much information. Yeah, okay, but nowadays, that's if that's still. A Narrative for certain people, and especially in the states,
0: they're uneducated. Wow, probably those I married my sister kind oh, of people, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Bang, bang, <laughs> <laughs> those are interesting people. Have you seen? Uh, I don't know if it's a documentary of the most inbred family in the United States. Have you seen that?
1: I have not,
0: bro. Those people they came out interesting.
1: Yeah cuz once yeah once you have inbreeding I uh, I'm basing this off of Game of Thrones and just rumors and stories of how the inbreeding happens but yeah you can
0: I've never watched Game of Thrones. No? No. Is it good? I heard I heard I've heard really good. I heard it's amazing but the ending sucked. Is that true?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, I want to watch
0: it, but, like, my wife doesn't want to watch it with me. So, it's like, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to start a show without her kind of thing. We always watch shows together. But uh,
1: Just mind you, there's a lot of fast-forward scenes, as a, as a fellow Nick would describe it to me. What do you
0: mean, fast-forward?
1: <laughs> Allow me to explain. <laughs> <Yeah>. Elaborate, please. <laughs> so, you know, how, like, in certain movies, TV shows, whatnot, or HBO programs, there would be um, nudity involved? Oh, so, um, like especially fast when work. my parents back in the days, right yeah. they' watching a movie and when you see that when something's happening or there's like sexual activity happening, they just press to uh, grab the remote fast forward <laughs> button kind of thing, right so yeah there's anticipate a lot of those fast forward scenes,
0: yeah, that brings back a lot of memories. Right? I remember uh, <laughs> one time my parents were watching a movie with my uncles and my aunts mm-hmm. and uh my cousins and I were we were in the basement. And my parents are like, Don't come up with watching an adult movie. Wow. And it got my it got my uh curiosity. Oh definitely and I, and I was like sneaking up I'm <laughs> yeah. like, What are they watching? Just, I don't even remember what they were watching, but I just remember like my parents would always be like, This is not like, age appropriate for you guys. Go downstairs or go do something. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I wanna see what you guys are watching. Yeah. But now we're at that age now. I'm at that age now. Like, where if I'm watching like John Wick or something, mm-hmm. I feel a little weird when my like my son is around because he's the one that like picks up on that kind of stuff now more. Yeah. Like, whenever he's, uh, he's recently started doing like, um, if I'm watching like a violent movie, he starts like flaring his arms around trying to hit me. And I'm like, dude, this is a movie. You can't do this. Like, yeah, you're going to hurt me. You're going to hurt your sister, your mom, like someone, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think he's he's not grasping the uh, concept of movies quite yet. Mm-hmm. So he thinks it's like literally happening. You know how little boys like they play fight, right? So he's starting to he's starting to get to that phase now.
1: That makes sense too, right? Because at least for us, since of uh, we've grown up, right, and like our minds are able to filter and able to understand, like what um, yes and no kind of a thing, right. Mm. But as, as an innocent child, like, what they see is, like, what they think is also truth, too, and what yeah. should happen. Or they just get that influence or that instruction, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Right? So when they see violence, it's like, oh, I have to do that, too, now. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I have to do that, too, now kind of thing. So, yeah, you're right. It's something you got to be careful with and watch out for.
0: Yeah, because um, I think, like, going to that topic where, like with how kids learn, right? I think the biggest thing as a parent, like me as a new parent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, every kid learns things differently at a different pace, right? So my right. son is going to be three on Tuesday, April 18th. Congratulations. Um, but he's not talking yet. Like he's he says words here and there. But if uh, as a parent, it's frustrating sometimes because... Uh, you want your 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 kids to learn at the same pace as every other kid that's around them, right? Because my my one niece, she's she just turned four, speaks perfectly. She speaks Spanish, Polish, and English now.
1: My goodness!
0: Yeah, and then my other my other nephew that's impressive. on the other side on my wife's side, he's he's talking. He's more blabbing still, but he is talking. Uh-huh. Whereas my son, he's still not picking it up. So now, uh, my wife and I are in, in that stage where like, we're, we're really praying on it, asking God to give him words. Right. So we know he has the the capabilities to do it. For some reason, he doesn't want to just yet. But, Interesting. But we are lately seeing like signs of him wanting to do it. Cause yesterday, uh, like I was telling you earlier, we went to Niagara Falls with my family and, uh, I asked him if he had to go to the bathroom and he said, yes. So I took him to the bathroom and, uh, like I I was pulling down his pants and then he, I I was like, "Uh Oh, and then he's like, "Uh Oh, (laughs) and just like, it made my heart just melt because slowly, but surely he's getting there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The thing is you can't, um, put them in the same pedestal as everybody else. Yeah. Because then
1: it's not a one size fits all kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Because he, he picked up potty training Like he got potty trained Really easily Like it took him A couple weeks mm-hmm. And he was fully potty trained Whereas I see Other other children Are still struggling with it Right But that's where You have to get to You have to use like uh, You have to think differently Because like i said earlier every kid learns differently
1: yeah like you have to think back like even to words like uh, yourself and like your wife too like how do you guys learn kind of thing because for me like right off the bat i just think of those three ways of learning right you have the kinetic way of learning you have the auditory you have the visual right Mm -hmm. for me i'm such a kinetic learner like i can look at slides all day and i can listen to presentations all day but then it I can only grasp so much, but until I actually do it in person with my hands or physically doing the action, whatever mm. the case is, that's where my ability to learn is like through the roof. Yeah. Because you described it right there that with your son, like when it comes to potty training, when he was trained, like he picked it up so quickly. So yeah. that's like, that's kinetic learning right there. Huge. Right. But when it comes to learning to speak and stuff, that's like all your visual and auditory kind of learning styles as well. Yeah i have no idea if i'm correct or not but it that's what is just like in my mind that i'm thinking about yeah
0: because i'm I'm the same way like i remember when i've been training for two months now at work and the guy was like you have to memorize uh this this phrase called eager oh lord which is empathize uh something else i already forgot (laughs) (laughs) and I need to know this because I need to get verification but I'll, I'll and there you go
1: right see that's the thing right there right when it comes to that auditory or the visual learning right what, what's it's something yeah it's it's each one of us we're as strong as that and right? he was explaining
0: it to me and I'm like you're gonna have to write this down he's like why I'm like because if you write it down then I can remember it easier but you're just saying it to me which for me it's harder for me to re- remember right. it right so and I told him like because every other thing you've shown me like actually physically doing the work I picked it up like like that. There you go. It's just like acronyms where I'm not actually seeing it, and all these other things that are coming into play with my work. My work, it's it's harder for me to remember it, right? There you it's go. It's just so much information that's coming yeah. you at the same time, and 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 I can imagine it's the same thing with children, right? Yeah, hundred percent. You're just learning so much. Like it's hard to just pick up one thing and just like you yeah. know.
1: There's a lot of mental stimulation that's happening, right? Even mm-hmm. even for us, we're at a point that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I can say that we're overstimulated but uh, we can handle that kind, of, uh, that kind of stimulation now but for kids yeah and like every, their entire environment is just they're overwhelmed with being mentally stimulated by whatever the case may be by their, their senses even too yeah. right but going back to the point like uh, again like with with what you said about kinetic learning myself like again, the biggest strategy you can do to to like maximize for sure your way of learning is like have some kind of combination of all three, yeah, right so like you said right uh he, if you just tell me it i'm'm I'm, like it's I'm only gonna grasp so much but if mm. if it's there' for that visual component as well, yeah, then that's gonna help me... that's definitely gonna help as well,
0: yeah, and I know it's just like a really random conversation right, but it's just like uh
1: random bro this is. This is good stuff right here. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah, so it's like it's um, been it's been it's been a, it's been a process. Uh, it's been an interesting process because uh, what are you can do
1: with that process, though, trust it. There you go.
0: Hey, <laughs> I had to. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, like with my son, it's it, it's it's been interesting, but um, I know my faith in God. I know God's going to use him in, in different ways with, Amen, his, with his voice. Yeah. I know God has a plan for his life, and we just have to, you know, like, you. I know it's, it's kind of like a running joke on our podcast, but we do have to trust the process, right? Understand that eventually he's going to get there, not be discouraged by what other people have said, right? Like, people have said maybe he's autistic, maybe this, like... I know it's not that. I know it's just rebuke that
1: in the name of Jesus.
0: Yeah, because you know people just like automatically just go. Just want to
1: title things. They just want to label, right?
0: Yeah, because even I was talking to my wife about this the other day, because or just yesterday actually, she was saying how uh, people are just so quick to just go to the doctor and be like, "What's wrong with my kid?" Right? So I've told her how I was as a child, right? And she's like. If people would have used that same uh, way of thinking, you would have been diagnosed with ADHD because I was just like off the walls when I was a kid, right? Mm-hmm. My parents tell me all the time, like, they couldn't control me. like
1: <laughs> They couldn't sit you down, huh? Even when your knees or your legs were being pinched or your or your ear was being pinched, you're just like, get, get
0: that Yeah. Get that because people even like, <laughs> or like people that saw me grow up, like, when they see me now, they're like, Wow there's such a huge difference be- between how you were as a kid and how you are now as a man, right? Praise and, God. And yeah, only God can do that change. Right. Because mm-hmm. like, uh, I, I recognize it now. Like I was not an easy kid to, to con- try to control. Right. I was just off the walls. Like I had a temper and then I also had like, just like I couldn't control myself. Like I was just like, I had to be doing something. Right.
1: Your poor parents. Yeah. <laughs> how dare you sir yeah man
0: i gave my parents so much trouble when i was a kid (laughs) shout out to my parents like shout out to the parents only a parent can love a a child like that but Mm -hmm. you know uh it it makes you who you are right like uh i know we weren't able to upload our our podcast with sam right but it's something we discussed in that pot where we're uh your past is what makes you your your future, kind of thing, right?
1: Yeah, like you learn from your past, but it doesn't determine what your future is going to be. Right? Exactly, it's it's decisions that you make in the present time that how you're going to plan for your future.
0: Yeah, as growing up Christian, right? Like, uh, I think if we ever have Sam again, we should really have that conversation again, right? But it's something to, yeah. we should bring up again, like growing up Christian. Uh, it gives you the this like you you grew up in a bubble that's what we were t- discussing last time right you grew up in a bubble where you don't really know what life is outside of christianity right right because as our parents they t- they sh- they show, showed us the right way how not to do this how not to do that right no in smoking and our, in no our drinking.
1: weekends were we were always involved of just primarily going to church as well too yeah so other activities to be involved in right whatever it may be we weren't really exposed to that
0: yeah because like when i when i was in la paz we had bg club right oh man. i'm assuming bg club meant boys and girls club but a bg club it was like uh yeah. there's like a boys girl scouts for christians <laughs> and i remember uh i think <laughs> the youngest kids had the green the middle kids had the yellow and the oldest kids had the red shirts for real yeah Man, I don't remember that. They had each. They had classes, I guess you can say. Oh, So the, the youngest, I don't know, or was it the youngest that had blue? I don't remember specifically, but I remember. I just was,
1: remember a lot of blue, but you could be it right. It was blue,
0: green, yellow, and then red. And then once you got to red, it was like you were about to be a preteen kind of thing, right? Wow. Yeah. I remember that specifically like because uh, I think we would meet on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights, we would go to BJ Club. And then uh, we would just study the Bible, learn verses, like whatever, right? Um, it was good times, man. I remember, it. I remember it specifically, like,
1: man, good for you to remember that because I I don't recall that much at all, and and I, and I felt like the sash that I was given, like uh, they were just giving me, oh yeah, the sash. they were just giving me those uh, those buns or whatever you call it, just, yeah, yeah, just, just I think out of pity or sympathy, because <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh, like, you know, because, like, I don't know, maybe there's something where, like, oh, you have to remember this verse or this verse. And, like, it came to a point, like, I had nothing on mine, and everyone else had, like, stuff <laughs> on their sashes, So, they're like, you know, here, have this one, have this one, kind of
0: thing. Yeah, and for those who don't know, like, uh me and my brother over here, we, we congregated at La Paz. Yes, sir. Then your family left La Paz. Yes, sir. We stayed. Then we left. We went to another congregation. We were there for... Uh, a year or two then we came back to La Paz then we left again then we came back and then the final time we left is when we started congregating at La Iglesia de Dios
1: oh is that what happened for you guys? yeah uh... and then we
0: started congregating La like Iglesia de Dios we were there for I want to say four to five years right that's when we 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 got back together like as yeah. friends again we reconnected yeah. reconnected um, we were at the Iglesia de Dios for, for about four to five years. And then that's when my dad got the calling to be a pastor. And then that's when he, uh, that's when we Is lived. that how it happened? Oh. Yes.
1: Can you, can you elaborate on, on that if, if that's okay? Uh, on the calling?
0: Uh, okay, so my dad, my dad um, became Christian in 1987, I believe. 87. 87 uh when he was first when he first came to Canada so my mm. dad left El Salvador went to the United States was in he,
1: he accepted Jesus in, in, Canada, ca- in Canada in Canada in Canada yes. oh, okay
0: so uh one of these days we will have my dad on the podcast so he can give his testimony right cuz my dad's Yeah, a,
1: really go into detail about my, the whole host that that that'll be awesome. My man.
0: dad's testimony is just through the roof like sometimes when he tells me these things I I, I can't believe it.
1: Bro, it amazes me that all of our parents, right? Whether it be my dad, your dad, Sam's dad, right? Any parent, like the amount of things or the experiences that they have gone through mm. or dealt with, is just like, it. Again, it's another one of those reminders of like, why am I complaining? What am I? What well, is there to complain about? You know. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Well, continue. Continue.
0: Yeah. So like eventually, my dad will give his testimony. This is kind of like uh, how he became, how he got to. Kind of, it's a short version of, of his story, right? Because I right. don't want to tell his story. Yeah. The cliff notes. It's something he needs to yeah, tell. gives like. them cliff notes. So he became Christian in 1987. Uh, they came to Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. And uh, that's when my dad want, felt the desire to congregate. That's when he found out about La Paz de Cristo. And in these days, La Paz de Cristo was very, very small. So my family is one of the original families from La Paz.
1: So your dad has yet to accept, but he decided to. He candidate? accepted
0: through through uh, Jimmy Swagger. I think was the one that was preaching, and that's how my dad accepted because he was oh. watching it on TV. Oh, and he felt like this desire, like some something was calling him. Interesting. So he my wow. he his testimony. He says that he he was watching. He was with my mom, and he was listening to this preaching which was being translated into Spanish. Right. And that's where he felt like, cause Jimmy's, I think it was Jimmy Swagger who's saying that God knows your pain. He understands your pain. He's calling you. He loves you. He forgives you. And my dad says, Santo. that he says that like, I'm getting goosebumps just hearing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that he felt like Jimmy Swagger was specifically talking to him. He says, you're watching this right now through your television. God's calling you. So my dad, ga- my dad gave his life to Christ in that exact moment. He he went on his knees. He just felt like he just started crying, uncontrollable mm-hmm. crying. My dad's not a crier. He's very. He grew up in a, a very hard household. My dad is an ex Uh If you know about that, then you know what kind yeah. of people you're dealing with. Ex guerrilla, right? yeah. So, yeah, he gave his life. Then he started congregating in La Paz. And at the time, it was Hermano Hector Aragon. Shout yeah. out to him. Shout out to that brother. Great pastor. He started my dad. My dad started congregating. So my dad asked him one day. He's like, I want to work in church. Please give me something to do in church.
1: Yeah, how can I help out? How can I exactly. support, right? Yeah. So
0: the, the pastor told him something very simple. My dad testifies this about this all the time. He said, for Sunday school, I want you to count each member that has shown up for Sunday school. That's how my dad started. Then he, my dad felt this need that he wanted to do more, mm-hmm. so he asked the pastor, "I want to do more, okay? You're gonna give, you're gonna give, you're gonna give small preaching, right?" To this day, my dad still uses that same method because he wants people to get out of their own bubble,
1: yeah.
0: right? Do something,
1: and it, and again, and and I think that's like the Sometimes the struggle that maybe human beings have that they want to help but sometimes they over exceed with their expectations. Mm. They and they want something big but but they shouldn't go for that big. Like that's the goal down the line, but like start off small. Small. Right? Baby
0: steps, right? We're yeah. talking about our children, right? My children, um, how I'm seeing their process, right? And then that exact same process is like how our spiritual life is. Mm-hmm. So my dad started off very, very, something very small. Yeah. Maybe someone who had an ego would be like, why are you making me do something like this, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And there's and there's the key there, right? Um, where the other intent behind that as well, where it's like that indirect teaching moment as well. Like, are you willing to accept mm-hmm. something that might be so basic and easy that right mm-hmm. doesn't kind of make you feel like orgulloso or like oh yeah. look at what I'm doing what I'm in charge right i'm going to give you the basic most simplest things and see how you react to that and what you do with it kind of a thing right
0: yeah so it's kind of like an ego check mm. for any person right? right so it's just to see where what what you're how you're willing to start
1: yeah right are like, you willing to start yeah from the bottom mm. accept it right to have an understanding right to have that humility kind of thing and to work your way kind of thing right
0: yeah so from there from there on my dad he uh, the pastor asked him if he can bring a small preaching so my dad to this day says he doesn't remember what he preached because he was so nervous right but from then on he had this desire to continue to learn the bible right and he's he also says that he was a very difficult person to deal with right because he would just question everything to the pastor and and shout out to to hermano hector aragon right Mm mm-hmm We were talking about the qualifications one needs to be a pastor. The patience a pastor needs to deal with the flock. Right. And in the flock, there's always going to be someone there that questions everything. Yep.
1: Right. There's always going to be that one person. There's always
0: going to be that one person. Like you and I, both we both congregate in two different uh, congregations, right? But we both know that there's always one person there that's always questioning everything. Just
1: trying to be a stickler. Just trying to be that annoying. Just trying to be difficult. Just trying to always try to prove a point. Like I want to see if you actually know what you're saying. Exactly. Or what you're talking about. So thing, my dad right?
0: just my dad would always question everything that the pastor was was uh, teaching him. But from that questioning is when my dad started understanding the Bible, the Word of God, a little bit more, mm-hmm. where he felt like god was calling him to do something special right so uh the 90s was going by my dad decided to enroll in uh, canada christian college to study the bible to study uh to seek to get his qualifications to be a pastor right still at the moment i guess he didn't uh know his calling quite yet Mm -hmm. but he did know that he he needed to preach the word of god so from then on, he got his uh, he's, he got his uh, diploma from Canada Christian College. But at the same time, he was just sitting. He was just uh, working in church. So my dad uh, became a Sunday school teacher. He became uh, a Sunday school teacher for adults. Then he became a Sunday school teacher for 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 youth.
1: Was this still in La Paz de Cristo, or was this in different congregation? So
0: when he was when he became a Sunday school teacher, he did he started in La Paz. We were still in La Paz. Then we left. We started congregating with with uh, another hermano. Uh, I guess he was the pastor. My dad was the co pastor uh, there, and uh, we were there for a couple of years. Then we went back to La Paz. My dad, uh, when we went back the final time, where it was an hermano Cisneros. Do you remember him?
1: He was the anciano with the yeah. uh, with the Canadian. Wife, he was,
0: right? he was Canadian too. Oh, was he? Yeah, they were both Canadian. Oh, I thought. Yeah. Okay. Mind blown. Yeah, Brains scattered on the wall. <laughs> I
1: I legit thought that. Okay. Yeah,
0: they're both Canadian. I'm pretty sure.
1: The yeah, they're the ancianos, right? They're yeah. The one that started the whole BG Club thing, right?
0: No, BG Club was before them. Was it really? Oh yeah.
1: Man, I'm thrown off completely right now.
0: Yeah. So I think by this time you guys were already out of La Paz. You were in La Iglesia de Dios. Yes, I, I believe so.
1: Yeah, because when we left La Paz, like uh, again might i i don't recall so much because i was i was young no, well very young very young right but i know we were out of church for a while um actually i actually i can't even say that i have no idea <laughs> i need to fact check myself bro <laughs> but anyways point is yeah from la paz then something happened whatever the time was if there was a time if not then Iglesia de Dios. yeah mm-hmm. that was the second church yeah yeah
0: so um Yeah, we were with Manos Cisneros. Then in Manos Cisneros, I don't know if he retired or if he just was going back to where he was originally from. And then he left, and then that's when uh, another pastor, Cuban pastor, came. The Cuban pastor, yeah. Because I know
1: for sure, yeah, my family, we weren't there during that time.
0: Yeah, and this Cuban pastor, fun fact, was in Canada Christian College the exact same time my dad was. Oh, no way. Yeah, so they were both studying at the same time. I remember specifically because... um, I went a couple times with my, like my dad took us a couple times when, when he was going to study there. And I remember seeing this pastor there. He wasn't the pastor yet, but he, I remember seeing him and his daughters there. And uh, that's how we knew, we knew them. Like we got to know them kind of. Oh. So then when um, Pastor Cisneros left, that's when this Cuban pastor came. And and I was like, oh, what are the odds of this guy being the pastor? And, yeah, and small world. Yeah. So then we were with them for, I think, two years, maybe something like that. Then we started problems started coming up, and my dad just felt like we needed to change. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was Pastor Riquelme that was Aligas yeah, Right. Right. So my my uncle told my uncle Luis told my dad hey, you, you should come visit. You never know, know. check it out. Kind of yeah. Thing, right? yeah. So then we went to go visit. I still remember the first time I ever went to La Iglesia de Dios. I remember specifically because I wasn't used to that environment. It was a completely, La Iglesia de Dios, was, the environment was completely different than La Paz de Cristo at the time. In what sense? Uh, the music was a lot louder. It was a lot more strict at the time. Oh. Cause yeah. I Yeah, I remember I was chewing gum During the service At my, my my La Paz Cristo Or uh, Iglesia de Dios Iglesia de Dios When okay. I went to go visit eh. And I remember My tia Veronica Shout out to her She she comes up to me She's like You're not allowed To chew gum here I'm like Oh
1: <laughs> No way Yeah That's true, eh? Because uh, I remember Some some uh, rules by her were, Yeah Like no one can go To like the movies Kind of thing Like yeah. you couldn't Have your hair long Yeah Right like No, the... you couldn't Have your
0: hair short there
1: you couldn't have your shirt short? Yeah,
0: you couldn't have your hair short. I remember specifically because I remember una hermana that was congregating at La Paz de Cristo had left like less de Dios because she had cut her hair short. Oh, the women,
1: okay. Yeah, I-, I-, I was women. talking about the men. <laughs> oh, yeah, the men, obviously not. <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's> not, dang.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it just things were a lot more strict there. Yeah, than it, right. was it was at, more conservative for sure. La Paz. Yeah. So I remember that standing out to me. And, um, yeah, yeah. So, my we went to go visit a couple times, and then that's when my dad and my mom made the decision to start congregating at, at La Iglesia de Dios. And uh, we started, my dad started having a relationship, like a good rapport with uh, El Pastor Riquelme at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever happened there happened, and then uh, Pastor Riquelme was no longer the pastor there. Right. So, Where you stepped down. Yeah. yeah. So we were still there My dad at the time had, had Was also um, A Sunday school teacher For the adults there mm-hmm. But towards yeah. the end My dad was actually The Sunday school teacher For the youth So where we were So my age group My dad was our Sunday school
1: teacher Do you remember this? I was about to ask Was I in that as well? Was yeah I you involved? were
0: I don't think you guys were As uh, consistently going to church At that time
1: Really? Yeah
0: I, I think so, because you remember. You remember. I don't want to be name dropping, but remember I, I, I who, hear, yeah. who we had that one guy, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't hear Tom, but yeah, because I mostly remember him. But again, like maybe it's because it's been so long. Like maybe I can ask my brother if he remembers. But anyways, yeah, let's just go with it. Yeah. I
0: remember because uh, it was like um, they had to get someone for our Sunday school because I was really bad my one cousin was really bad <laughs> and my other cousin was really bad and then we had a, a mutual friend in church who was kind of bad too
1: can't can't y'all just like you know just behave yourselves Seriously. man like <laughs> y'all is gonna be them, them bad kids bro yeah bro i'm the bad
0: apple <laughs> i was the bad apple but yeah, guys so, just want pupusas, yeah. man. That's,
1: <laughs> that's what it was about, man. These guys were already hungry, man. Yo, shout out to
0: that one hermana who would always make pan dulce. There, oh, remember, man. remember how they had the breaks between uh, uh, Sunday school and the regular service?
1: Yo, those were good times. Oh
0: man, she made good pan dulce. Those were good times. Shout out to her. Yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah, that's when my dad became the Sunday school teacher for for my class. So I kind of had to be good because my dad was there.
1: <laughs> were you guys in the small room at that time? No. Or was the big room?
0: We went into the big room
1: because there was stages, right? Yeah, so they had the ah. Uh, see, I was in it, yeah. Because since I like since I, I guess I'm a year younger, maybe that's why. Because I don't recall that much. Because I was always no, in a different was a, group.
0: It was a, this. We were in the same age group. Yeah, I'm only a year older than you,
1: bro. Bro, that's that's a lot. of That's a lot of years. <laughs> <laughs> now it is. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't recall. <laughs> I couldn't help that. <laughs>
0: so for those who don't know, my buddy over here, he's a year younger than me. Mm-hmm. He's from 91. I'm from 90. Yeah. And we both have brothers who are the same age, from 89. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so that's why we were so close because his brother was, was like with my brother. And then yeah. my brother over here was with me. Exactly. So, yeah, going back <laughs> long time, long time. But yeah, uh, we were in the same class. My brother just has a really bad memory.
1: <laughs> really bad, man. Yeah. So remember, you know, it's funny too. Sam would always make fun of me about my memory. So shout out to Sam once again. <laughs> so you know, so you
0: remember how, like, when you go down, you had yeah. that little room for in sure, the corner, sure. yeah, yeah, and you had the other room in the other corner. Bro, I
1: should take a picture for you. Every, it's so anyway. I can imagine, yeah. But then
0: they had the big room, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when my dad was the teacher of our class, we were in the big room.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there was a, quite a few of us, right? There was a lot. There was yeah. uh, there was, there was me, a lot of us. There's
0: me and my brother. My cousin Juan. Like
1: your your entire family, your cousins, mm-hmm. my but myself, and my brother. Mm-hmm. Then there was um, the brother and the sister, the last name of the T. And then there was, yeah, uh, yeah. There was a there was, and there was yeah a lot of other ones.
0: Yeah, and there was another girl. Then, like
1: the Gomez family. I don't know if you remember that. I don't think they were there then anymore. No, no. The or I'm the Harkin family. I'm name dropping. Okay, I gotta yeah. stop name dropping. My bad. But, <laughs> but
0: the J the Jays were were there for a little bit. They weren't mm. consistent, but they were there. Okay. He was one of the other guys that was bad. With me. <laughs> Shout out to him, bro. Like we went yeah. to high school together afterwards too and yeah.
1: We... Hope he's doing well. Yeah. Shout out to you, brother. Yeah.
0: But it was a it was a quite it was a pretty big group. Pretty group.
1: There big. was yeah, there was a lot of us. A lot of preteens. That yeah. was with the preteen era. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of us for sure. Yeah, so then
0: that's when my dad took over and was doing was doing the uh, Sunday school and then um he just felt like he had a calling. And it was it was so bad that he wasn't even comfortable there anymore, you know what I mean? Because uh, you always reach this point where you're questioning where God wants you, right? Yeah. So that's what my dad was doing. So this- I would I would
1: love to hear him too hear that story like how it happened kind of thing I think it would
0: be better if he w- he discussed it for
2: sure
1: for sure yeah. because
0: I'm only just assuming and I was like 13, 14 years yeah. old when this is all happening right
1: you, and you only know so much at a certain point too. Exactly. at that time as well like our parents are not going to reveal everything to mm-hmm. us right so it, it'd be interesting to hear it nowadays where again um, depending on the comfort level like how much he could reveal of like if, what that experience was um, what that quote-unquote a calling or assignment or however you want to categorize it was um, kind of messaged out because those moments it, it always like it, it it's curious to me i always draw curiosity because usually when i see or hear callings like or assignments whatever the case may be like somebody goes to the front kind of thing and then mm. out of nowhere if they're the guest preacher or the pastor or whatever and they start praying over that person then like el espíritu de dios like starts to speak through them to kind of say like and you hear those words like Dios está llamando, right? Mm-hmm. Tienes un llamado, and then they start to explain what it is. So I'm always curious about that. Yeah,
0: maybe not next episode, but episode after that, I'll talk to my dad. And maybe we can have yeah. him have him as a guest. I'd love that. So he can give his testimony, right? Like, like I I don't want to sound biased because he is my dad, but he has he has an. You incre- are definitely biased, bro. Just yeah. take it what
1: it is, man.
0: <laughs> he has an incredible. He has an incredible story. Sometimes it, it just blows my mind, just uh, everything he's gone through, everything he's done, to the point where he is now, right? I Glory admire, to God, man. This I admire my, my dad a lot. He's... Can, I, can I ask you something?
1: Yeah. No, you can't. When you... <laughs> I took my breath too long. <laughs> when, you, when you hear about these moments or when your father kind of reveals more and more about his past or his experience to you... Mm-hmm in your mind when you take this in all that information and even still today right when you reflect on it review on it on and right even right now at this moment when mm. you when it comes into your mind once again what is like your immediate reaction to all this like what is your deep feeling when you hear all this when it settles in like what is the what is like the immediate thought that comes to your mind? Cause, cause I'm asking you this because when my dad, when he explained to me all of his stuff, his mm-hmm. experience, his stories, and there's probably still more that I haven't heard yet. But anytime I ask him just to know more and more and more, I know what happens in my mind when I hear all this stuff, but I wanted to, I want to see, or I want to hear what, like for you, what comes to mind for you? Uh,
0: what comes to mind to me is how great our God is. The, how
1: we sometimes let's let's let me be more specific you specifically mm-hmm. let's just put um christianity aside all this and that just like just focusing on on you as yourself as nick and just hearing this about your immediate father your, your earthly father when he's telling you this and i hope i'm explaining this correctly and, and yeah. making sense on what i'm saying or what i'm asking
0: i'm emotional i get emotional when i hear him uh express Everything he's gone through, because um, if my dad would have continued the way he was continuing, I would not be here. Boom. I wouldn't be here. My siblings wouldn't be here. My mother wouldn't be here. I would not. Ha- I would have. Mm, I would have probably a different father. My dad would not be here when I hear his story.
1: Do you feel that, um, when you hear this and again, right, going back to the same topic at hand right now, when you reflect it after, is there some kind of feeling inside of you that when you listen to this, like what more can I do? Or, or do like, does, does it like, do you admire your father even so much more? It's like, man, I, I wish I can be like you one day or have like a similar experience or go through certain things that you have been through. And again, careful what you ask for careful for what you wish for right mm-hmm. but for me personally like I, I can't really say I've been through something where it's like oh wow like you know it's like oh my goodness like how are you still here kind of thing right but hearing our fathers of what they've been through right mm-hmm. to the same idea with for me and my dad like if, if if things didn't change or things didn't happen same thing right I don't think I would be here neither my brother neither my mother right yep. neither my father right so it's it's that moment where I, when I hear these things, like man, I like the respect is to you. Like, I wish I can be a type of man that you are, or what you've been through, what you experience, right? But um, again, <laughs> careful with what you ask for, right? Yeah. As much as I may say that, but like I can only imagine being a moment, right? Whether if you're in the front lines, whether if mm-hmm. you're in, in war, whether you're being held up to the point where there's a gun right directly in the face, right? Whether it's the point that you're receiving telephones, whether you're being, your family's being threatened their lives, whether you're receiving voice notes, letters, right? To the point that the army is coming right to your door, front doorstep, and people are telling you that the army is right at your home, right? Right directly, and especially you right now, right? With your family, with your young ones, your mm. wife, right? Just to know that you can feel powerless in an instant mm. when you're not around, it's... it's uh, it's it's it's, uh, it's just an outwardly experience kind of thing, right? So, again, shout out to our dads that, you know, and again, like you said earlier, thank you, God. Yeah. Thank you, Lord.
0: Well, you asked me if how to explain it not in a Christian perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So not in a Christian perspective, my dad is my hero. Mm-hmm. My dad is my hero because what... The difference that God has made in his life. Amen. And I can only say only God can do that miracle that Amen. he did in my dad. So my mom, my mom, my mom has a crazy testimony as well, right? Both of my parents had, have overcome so much, which puts my life into perspective that honestly, I haven't, I haven't gone through a fraction of what they, they went through.
1: Right. Yeah, like not even close, right? Like minuscule compared to what not, they've been. It's through. not
0: even kind of close.
1: No, nothing.
0: So I look at it, and when I was growing up, right, my dad was my everything. Yeah. Like, my mom always says, "Oh, you love your dad more than me." Blah blah blah. It's not. It's not that. It's just I a different kind. I have a different relationship with my dad than mm-hmm. I did with my mom. My my brother was a mama's boy, right. Through and through, mama's boy. I was...
2: Daddy's boy. I was
0: daddy's boy. Mm-hmm. Like, everything I did, I wanted to mimic my dad. Yeah. The way my dad dressed. The way my dad talked. I wanted to have a mustache like my dad. I wanted to have my hair slicked back like my dad. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have curly hair. I wanted to... Everything. Right. Everything. Just like my dad. So, growing up, like, my dad was my everything. And, like, now, I always tell people... My heroes are Jesus Christ and my dad. Mm-hmm. Jesus first, my dad second. Right, right. Because my dad, just like the way my dad is now, and from what I hear, from what he was before, is like a complete one hundred and eighty, yeah, three hundred and sixty. Actually, yeah. yeah, man. Because, like you know, my dad, yeah, you know how he is. Yep. My dad is. You can almost spit in his face, and he will not. He will not say anything to you. He's the most patient man I know. He is the most understanding man I know, and just people have just dragged his name through the mud so much, so much. Because we were discussing this with with Sam in our episode, right? How mm-hmm. how as a pastor you have to deal with so much. Yeah, just people just talking bad about you. Just people just like being hypocrites in front of you, saying one thing in front of you and then behind your back they're saying something else. Yeah.
1: Day in day out right the, the politics that they have to deal with mm. the things that we don't see that they have to deal with right the conversations on the phone in person the meetings right momentos de disciplina that they mm. have to do as well right um, a lot of stuff that they undergo that we have no idea yeah. what those conversations are like and what those feelings are about.
0: And this is not ideology towards my dad either, right? Because I do recognize that he is flawed just like just like I am, just like you are, just like yeah. all of us are, right? He has Definitely. his flaws. He has his things where I don't necessarily agree with everything the way he is, right? For sure. But I also take it like he is my father. He is that example that I've always uh, strived, strived to be like, right? Even with his flaws, right? Because yeah. there is stuff like that has my dad has done that I, I, me personally, I wouldn't do, right? Because we were talking about his, his, his desire to grow spiritually, right? Mm-hmm. His desire sometimes outweighed his, his, um, it's taken a toll in his marriage and in the way he was as a father.
1: For sure, man. Right? there's, because... there's a lot of sacrifice that happens, right? Because when you got when you have the desire, you got, you got to put in work, mm-hmm. right? At the end of the day, you got to put in work, right? You got to separate yourself, right? Whether it be putting yourself in that secret place, you know, doing the prayer time, going into scripture, going to school, whatever it is done. And I completely hundred percent agree with you because I can relate as well. Where uh, my father. He was never a pastor, right? He, he had moments of where he could have been, but mm-hmm. uh, that's besides the point that there is moments where, yeah, I felt like my dad wasn't there a lot, right? Yeah. It's like he was always doing something, whether, of course, at work, that's understandable, or mm-hmm. spending long hours at church, or, I guess, doing homework at back at home, whether it be the finance, whether it be w- whatever the situation we have at hand, right? And now we just... It, it, at that time i didn't understand right so i didn't really question much because like <laughs> you're just used to it yeah you're used to it and as a kid like you also have that fear of your dad as well right you don't yeah. want to anger him right you don't want to upset mm-hmm. him right because we once once we know what, what will happen if we try to annoy him or anger them right
0: yeah shout out to my dad though because like um whenever he was disciplining me and, and there was a lot of discipline towards me understandable. Mm-hmm. understandably <laughs>
1: What do you mean, brother? <laughs> <laughs>
0: but my dad would always say this one phrase. I do this because I love you. Mm. And that made me understand that he, was, he wasn't doing it because out of anger. Right. Out of out hate, of, out
1: of disgust, nothing like that.
0: I knew why he was doing it. And he would always say, one day you'll understand why I'm doing this. Right. And this is a, like a small little testimony of how my dad was. So one time, um, do you remember Hermano Israel?
1: Hermano Israel. He Uh, passed away.
0: Yes. Escobar.
1: Thank you. Okay, yes.
0: So rest in peace. Rest in peace. He was really close with my dad. They would study the Bible almost every day. Shout out to him. Rest in peace. Every time he came over to our house, he always brought us Werther's Originals. No way! Yeah, always, always. So I always have those fond <laughs> memories of him. But one time he came over to our house and he was studying the Bible with my dad. And I was off. Uh, I was doing my, you know, the usual, being rebellious, you know, being bad. Mm-hmm. So my dad was like, his. He had a, a a discipline thing where he would put me in a corner. I would have to raise my hands and I would have to hold up the telephone book. Nice. You remember how thick those were back yeah, in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so he would do it for like 10 minutes so i was being bad he was like go to the corner go hold the telephone book and you're not done until i say you're done then he walked away got really deep into his his study with el hermano israel and forgot about me
1: (laughs) oh no
0: (laughs) and i think i was standing there for an hour And I remember...
1: Wait, where were you holding the telephone book? Out front? Out on top? Uh, Over my head. head? Over your head? Above my head. (laughs) Jeez. And I
0: remember I was standing there and I was shaking. My arms were shaking and I was crying. So I've never been a loud crier. I've been a very silent crier where Mm -hmm. the tears just come down, right? I remember I was crying. And then my mom got home and she's like, what are you doing? The oh, boy oh. is up there crying.
1: Yeah. Your mom must have flipped, bro.
0: And my dad came running and took the, the the book out of my hands. And I remember he felt so bad. Yeah. I remember he felt so bad. Of
1: course, man. Definitely. And he just hugged
0: me and he's like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And my, my mom was obviously livid, right? Because she was like, What are you doing? Like, yeah. But 10 minutes is one thing. But yeah. Like whatever,
1: I don't know what the time it was, but like, it's, it's probably an hour. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But good you could, for you, man. You can see the, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I got these guns, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but you could see how you were talking about how you were saying how we we respected and understood the authority that our fathers gave, right? Right. Because any other kid would been like i'm gonna put this phone phone book down yeah. and just pretend like i was holding it. no i was like i was legit yeah you it,
1: listened and you went through it yeah, yeah. so and probably and again probably because right because of the respect of the authority and just that fear like you knew as well like if i don't do this and i'm gonna get the belt <laughs> yeah i'm gonna get the chunk i'm gonna get the spoon i'm gonna get whatever it is <laughs> yeah
0: and it was it's not child abuse right it was just unfortunately uh uh a mistake was made, right? Yeah. So now people will say, "Oh, that's child abuse, bro." It's like, no, you got the Bible says the father, the the parent that loves his child will discipline his child, yes. yeah. right? So it's on us, me as a father. Yeah. Now, yeah, I have to discipline my children. Yeah. Right. I can't let them just get away with whatever they're doing. Right. Oh. And that's something that we're learning from. We learn from our parents,
1: right? We learn from my parents, and then also we learn from. um other parents as well how they too how they are with their children right because again right we remember those moments of those kids that are just whether it be you or whether it be <laughs> others that are just running around doing what they want like like it it like do you want to be that type of parent do you yeah. want your kids to be like that or do you want to put in that kind of the respect for and have that discipline for them right
0: yeah because uh we have to make a di- uh, a difference between being a parent and being a friend. You know, now you hear a lot of parents that say, "Oh, my kid is my best friend." Like,
1: they, they say that. I hear
0: a lot of parents say that.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I want to be their best.
0: <sighs> yeah, Man. and you have to make a di- yeah, you have to make a difference, right, between Man. a friendship and a parent, right? Yeah, it's it's good if your kid has um, confianza with you to come and say something to you, right? That's good. Mm-hmm. But you are not their friend; you are their parent. Yeah. You are there to give them advice. You are there to help them in their hard times. You are there to discipline them. Yeah. Right?
1: Like until the age of 18, I I think that you have to you have the responsibility of be, responsibility of being their parent, right? Afterwards, I know legally they're classified as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um
0: but even then, man, like looking now Yeah,
1: I think once you're a parent, always a parent, right?
0: Yeah, but also like look at it in in our perspective now. We are in our 30s, right? Right. How does an eighteen-year-old look like to you? now? they're still super young.
1: It's yeah, that's true. They
0: they don't know what they're doing.
1: That's true. Yeah, when I th- when I was eighteen, I thought that I was yeah, mm. I'm an adult, right? I made it,
0: <laughs> and well, I made it now. Like who's gonna tell me what to do now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I. But pro- once you get older, I still that's made a, true. I still made a lot of mistakes when I was eighteen. Oh, for sure, man, and still making them now. First, sure, yeah, at thirty-three. Yep, yeah. but. It goes back down to the same thing, right? The, the kind of relationship you're, you're going to have with your parents, right? I have trust where I can say certain things to my parents, right? But I've never said my dad is my best friend. I've never said my mom is my best friend. I've not even said they're my friends, mm-hmm. right? Because I know the difference between a friend. You and I are friends, right? Right. We, I don't have the same relationship I have with you with my
1: dad, of course not. It's completely different, yeah, of course right? Not. So you can't
0: you you can't do that when you when you're a parent. Like me personally, this is my personal stance, right? If you want to say your your kid is your best friend, do whatever you want, yeah. bro. Like whatever
1: makes you happy, whatever works for you. Yeah, like everyone's different. To each their own kind of mindset, right?
0: I think that's the thing that annoys me the most about people. Sometimes they try to tell you how to parent. <laughs> Excuse I'm me. Like, I'm <laughs> like, bro, you had your chance. I'm. I'm going to make mistakes, yes. If it's a good advice, I'll take it.
1: Oh, that's the thing, right? Like, I'll hear you out, right? And mm-hmm. I'll definitely filter. Like, oh, that's a nice idea. That's a nice idea. Okay, no, I'm not going to do that, you know?
0: Yeah, because at this, at the end of the day, it's your child. Right. No one's going to tell me how to raise my child. Right. No one's going to tell me how I should do things like... My father-in-law loves using this this verse where it says that you will teach your children and the children of your children, right? So then my father-in-law takes that and he's like, well, that means technically I can do, I can tell you how to raise your child, right? And I told him one time, I was like, well, you could if I wasn't raising my kids as Christians. If I wasn't raising them the right way, then yeah, you can say something. But I'm raising, I feel like I'm raising my children the right way. I, my, i'm taking my kids to church i'm trying to pray with my children right
1: that's that's a is that something in the bible is yeah biblical? it's in the bible that'd be interesting to explore because i can see that in 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 one situation where like let's say that you weren't home or something happened mm. often too often right then i yeah. can see where that support would help mm-hmm. again it is touchy right but i have um a niece back home in Wate, and my cousin um Rest in peace. Her her husband mm. um, is no longer with us, but my uncle, who is now her grandfather, stepped in to be that father figure for for her. Right? Yeah. Which I never understood at the time, but then I would always hear my little niece saying "papa" to my uh, to my uncle. I'm like, that makes sense. Where he took that initiative to like step in, like I'm going to be your father figure, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, in a family you always need a father figure, right? Because um, I think that it we society now falls into that whole uh, if your kid let your kid be what they want to be kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. But as a parent, what what's your job as a parent, right? Your your job as a parent is to try to steer your kids towards the truth, right? Not let them figure out on their own. A parent is there to help their child, right? So. Now, society is telling you, like, if your kid wants to be, I know it's going gonna, gonna to get, like, super deep, like, into, like, the whole um, narrative now that, you know, the transgender movement, the whole homosexual movement. Right. Now, they're telling you as parents to, that it's okay to indoctrinate your kids into that whole ideology, right?
2: Would you no. Say? Yeah. Thank you.
0: Exactly, right. As a parent, what are you? How are you going to respond to that? Yeah, right. Because that's a, a hurdle that our parents didn't have to go through, right? Yeah. They weren't indoctrinating us in schools, telling us, oh, "If you want to be a girl, you can be a girl." If you want yeah, to be that a that was cat. not a thing at that time. Exactly. Yeah. Now, as uh, me as a parent, I have to do. I have to handle that. Yeah. I have to go through that hurdle now. Right. Like, my parents didn't have to tell me about homosexuality or none of that stuff because it wasn't something that was common when mm-hmm. we were growing up.
1: Like, they did give us at least the basic uh, information of, like, that was wrong kind of thing. Yeah. It is wrong kind of thing, yeah. right? So, we went as far as that. But to the point where it is right now, bro,
0: it's not even It's not even close yeah. to what, what they're teaching the children now in schools and... But they're teaching them and these places, these social events and everything, they're just like, it's just a completely different landscape now. Yeah.
1: And that's where it comes, the responsibility of the parent. I, I again, I'm not a parent, so I don't know what it's like, but I'm just, if I'm wrong, call me out. right? But I'm just, based on what I've seen, observed and learned from other parents, uh, new parents, whatever the case may be, that, uh, that you guys do have that responsibility to be. You know, that lawyer for your for mm. your child, right? To be that protector, right? Exactly. To be that guardian, right? Because, again, they don't know better. So you got to be there to defend for them during those times. Of course, once you pass certain age, yeah, you know, you got to let them grow. You got to let them, you know, make mistakes and thing on their own. But for that time being, when they're under the, your roof, there's that teaching lesson and you got to defend them as much as you can.
0: It's our responsibility as parents to teach them the right between right and wrong, right. Yes. At the end of the day, once they get old enough to make their own decisions, is it's it's out of your hands now, mm-hmm. you know. Because like, uh, you can you can like we were talking, discussing with Sam, right? We were taught the exact way, right? We were taught the truth. We were tra- taught to not be drinking, not to be smoking, not to be partying, not to be going to clubs, not to be doing any yeah. of that.
1: No sexual activity. No sexual
0: activity. But what happened was, we grew up, we started making decisions for ourselves mm-hmm. despite what we were taught and we had to learn the hard way
1: yeah right yeah we so, got rebellious our exactly. minds are getting curious the influence not impacting us right being in the environment of school right uh your ego is being tested right your yeah. friends are like Friend. yo bro
0: why why aren't you smoking why aren't you drinking yeah why, why are not you, you come with us right yeah why aren't do? you going to these parties right yeah. like and i remember uh like a, a small testimony because um, honestly, I'm not afraid to to express my past mm-hmm. because my past is what, what made me who I am, right? Right. I, I'm not embracing it. I'm ashamed of my past, but it's something that can help uh, the youth.
2: Yeah,
1: it's how you can connect to others as well, right?
0: Yeah, so uh, I remember when I was in high school, I was um, my last year of high school, I think. Um, there was a party, and I had said I wasn't going to go. And then I had a friend who just kept insisting, like, bro, come on, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I was like, no, I, I'm not going. And then he was like, whoa, what, what are you afraid? And then he called me the P word, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started calling you out. And of and course, then, being a, a young man at that time, our egos get up. I'm mm, like, what'd you say? Yeah. And <laughs> you I, was like, I
0: was like, what? He's like, yeah, man, why are you being uh, whatever? And I was just mm-hmm. like, I was just like, all right, I'm going to go. And I decided to go. And I remember when I went, it was the worst night of my life the worst night not mm-hmm. of my life but it was it was it was a horrible i had a one wh- of <laughs> i had a horrible experience so i decided to smoke marijuana that day that night and, nice and uh <laughs> no ice bro <laughs> gnarly <laughs> so i just des- i decided in this time i was smoking actually marijuana a lot mm-hmm. but uh we decided to to smoke out of out of like um one of those two-liter bottles, and then I just took the whole hit, and it went straight to my head. Jeez! And have you heard of the phrase "greening out"? Yeah. So I greened out that night. So "greening out" means like you're so high that you, like, you throw up, you like pass out, kind of. A thing. Yeah. So I remember I was going through, through. I was greening out that night. It was just like the room was spinning, like and. The, my, the testimony, that the important thing is that God had revealed to me what was going to happen that night. And it's, I know it's not really? going to make any sense. Uh. But the week prior to that, I was uh-huh. having the weirdest dreams. Yeah. Just the weirdest dreams. Like I was seeing myself in someone's basement. Someone was saying these words to me, blah, blah, blah. Right. But it wasn't making sense. It wasn't making any sense to me. And then when I was stoned out of my mind,
1: that I happened. was
0: living it.
1: I was living what I had dreamed. Oh, that's a bad trip.
0: And I was just like, my mind was like, like I, I was going crazy. Yeah. I remember I got up, I went to the next room where no one was in there. And I was I just put my head like, I rested my head. And these words came to my head. The exact words my dad had told me when I was a kid. Mm. When you smoke, it messes with your mind. <laughs> And I was having like this out of body experience where I was looking at myself, and those words were coming in my head. Jeez. What my dad had already told me. Yeah. And then uh, the night went on, and I ended up uh, puking. I ended up. I remember I called my sister, and I was like, "Can you come pick me up?" Right. And my sister came pick picked me up, and she was like, "What is wrong with
1: you?" Yeah, I just saw you know the worst state that she's ever seen you in probably. Yeah. yeah. And then,
0: uh. and then from then on, it's like my life like I couldn't smoke marijuana the way I, I was smoking it before. Yeah. I was not enjoying it. I kept greening out. I kept getting paranoid. Mm, got that just, PTSD, bro. Exactly. So then I stopped. That's when I stopped smoking marijuana. I didn't stop mm. drinking. I didn't stop partying, but I did stop smoking marijuana because it was just like for me it wasn't enjoyable anymore, yeah. right? But it goes back down to the same thing, right? The the what you are taught I was taught between right and wrong, mm-hmm. and I went the other way.
1: Yeah, you knew it was wrong. You knew it was wrong, but you still I, went for it.
0: Why? Because I let the devil influence me. Yeah, right. Our friends, the devil uses our friends to try to steer us away from what we're trying to do. Right. Yeah. And I remember I used to tell people, even when I was in high school, that I was a I was a Christian. Right. But I was giving such a bad example of of what yeah. it means to be a Christian. Right. But It goes back down to the same thing, right? I was taught between right and wrong. Mm -hmm. I was living my life the way I wanted to live my life. Eventually, God had to call me back. Hey, that's enough of what you're doing. Yeah. It's time to come back.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. And I still remember to this day that epiphany that I had, right? When God told me it's time to come back. And I felt like this. I don't even know how to explain the like.
1: Just a phenomenon. The right?
0: sorrow that I felt. Right. The sadness that I felt. The shame that I felt. While I was like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. I don't want to live this life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a moment of yeah, catharsis where you're just having a moment of reflection of just a moment where you're looking into yourself, analyzing, right? Just being like exactly what you said. What am I going to do from this day on?
0: Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, that's when I made the decision to give my life, truly give my life to Christ and change who I was, be a new person, be a new man. That's when I decided to get baptized. Nice. I got baptized when I was 21 years old. Yeah. 21. I'm 33 now. That's 12 years where my life has changed, Mm -hmm. where my message has changed, where I'm no longer talking about what I was, what I want, want to be. Now is... I talk about Jesus. Yep. I talk, even if, even if I'm not trying to talk about Jesus, it comes up now. Why? Because Jesus is the one that made that change in me. We were talking about how uh, God, Jesus is the one that changed our dads, right? Amen. I didn't live what my dad lived, but I lived something different. Yeah. Right? But still, that change came within me, came mm-hmm. within you, came within our our dads where there has to be the change, right? right? Where we were taught between right and wrong, and even though we went the wrong way, we still ended up where we're supposed to be, right?
1: It's, it's those moments that, um, I don't know if I can direct this to a, just a specific gender, but every man has those kind of moments, right? Yeah. Right? Are you going to step up, or are you going to continue to do the same thing over and over, right? Mm-hmm. Just that moment of, self-reflection and understanding, right? Because it happened to our fathers, right? Where they had that serious moment, it comes to life where they had to think really deeply and know, recognize as well. If they continue that the way that they're going to continue, pretty much they know what the end result is. It was life or death. Right? It's, it's that plain and simple. At yeah. that moment, it's either life or death, right? So you had that moment. Again, not the same thing as our parents, neither mine, but in our own experience, in our own way that we got to that point, we had a moment where we had to decide, is it this Is this going to be life or death? Yeah. And I'm not dramatizing. I'm not trying to make this like a, a hero story or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But this is what it legit is. It comes down to that, right? Especially for us men. like We have to have this kind of mindset and this way of train of thought at some times that when we reach to a point that we reach down low or we reach to a point where it's just embarrassing or, or whatever the case may be, right? If that doesn't do it for you, then... You're in for a long haul, kind of thing, right?
0: Yeah, because you're going to be stuck in in that loop of uh, living in life of sin, mm-hmm. right? and you're never going to be happy, right? Like, how many people do we know that they need to smoke marijuana before they fall asleep? Yeah. How many people do we know that they need to have a drink after a long day at work? Like, that's your coping mechanism, but it's you smoking up, you drinking. Is not going to take you away from your parent. Your problems. Mm-hmm. It's not going to take away everything that's going on in your life. You think for a moment it does, and maybe it does for that moment. Yeah. But the next day, you got to wake up and go to work and deal with you with the is problems all that you, over again. Exactly. Yeah. And then what happens is you start getting into this cycle, this uh, this, this habit, habit, this routine, and it takes and it. From one problem to another problem, mm-hmm. right? What what does the, the doctors prescribe now for for depression? They prescribe antidepressants. Mm-hmm. What does that antidepressants do? You become, uh, you become dependent of your antidepressants. You become an addict of your antidepressants. Mm-hmm. So you're no longer depressed, but now you become an addict,
1: right? And who knows what that's gonna open up you to, right?
0: Exactly. So we all have to find this this common ground of. What's gonna bring us peace?
1: Yeah, right. What is like the root of the problem? I think it's just again. I'm just I'm just assuming here. I, I there's no way that I can know for sure, but it, it's just it's those moments that we need to stop just for a moment just to think and analyze instead of just going to whether it be the doctor mm. or going to whether it be a, a pill or whether it be going to this kind of, this kind of way and just have a moment just to think, <laughs> review, and just really be honest with ourselves to look deep down inside what is the root to all of this which can be the most difficult thing to really figure out and find out and maybe you're not able to
0: sometimes you gotta go through the fire to really understand what it's like to to live uh, that Christian life
1: yeah isn't there like huh? isn't there like a quote or, or something biblical where you gotta go through hell to get to heaven kind of thing mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I don't know if that's a biblical quote but I, yeah. I did hear that in a song in a rap song. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's true though. You got to go through hell to get to heaven, mm-hmm. right? Jesus never lied to us and said, you're going to live right. a peaceful life. You're going
1: to... Yeah, it's going to be butterflies, sunshine, no. all day. No, he that's said, right. What said, did he go through, right?
0: He said, you're going to have sorrows. You're going to mm-hmm. have difficulties.
1: You're going to go through tribulations. you go through trials. You're going to go through pain. You're exactly. going to go through suffering. You're going to go through sacrifice. Yeah. And Absolutely,
0: and, and if you don't understand, if we don't understand that, that's why I hate. I I don't want to say hate, but I it drives me nuts when I see these televangelists saying, "God wants you to live an abundant life. God wants you to to live peaceful." Blah 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 blah. Yes, He does, but at the end of the day, what does that mean? Yeah, and I know we went through this before, but it's important to understand that a Christian life is not going to be easy. Yeah.
1: And, and not just that too but what does that what is that going to teach you like what are you going to gain from living an abundant life yeah like how is that going to put you in a type of mindset of what Jesus lived through been mm. through kind of thing right how is that going to make you humble right how is that going to make you grow spiritually how is that going to help you you know spread the word spread mm. the gospel how is that going to be make you a better Christian do you have to have all this money abundance, to be more like Jesus to be more Christ like yeah Did Jesus have an abundant life?
0: No, he did not.
1: Did he have, as he said, did he have everything that he needed? Did he always have showers? Did he always have food? Did he always have the luxuries of the world?
0: Five-star hotels. Right. Private planes.
1: Right. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Rolls Rolls
0: Royces. Right. And that's not, listen, we're not trying to attack people, right? Mm -hmm. But the the truth is the truth and we need to recognize that, right? Because the world sees these pastors, these people, and they're like, how can these guys live such an abundant life and their sheep are living in poverty? Yeah. And their, their people around them are living in poverty. Like, is that right? Mm -hmm. Is that a Christian life? Or
1: how the communities around them is like suffering in poverty or what are they, or if their communities are living through a drug uh, epidemic kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever the case may be.
0: If we're, if God blesses us with monetary gain, it's on us to still use that to help people. Yeah. Right? Because when you become frugal or cheap or what's another word I like frugal if you' if you become that then what's the point of having it yeah right like if a guy like Bill Gates can quote unquote give billions and billions of dollars to charity, who are you to not do the same
2: yeah
1: if someone that is that is not a, that is not christian that is not of jesus as in their heart right if they can do these quote unquote good samaritan kind of deeds and things for the for the people then yeah what what's stopping what, where are we at <laughs>
0: exactly what are we doing then cuz the church is there to help
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're talking about the you said the good samaritan right he was how many people walked by that man that was thrown on the ground right and they didn't help him up mhm And these are quote unquote men of God. But the Samaritan who doesn't know saw the need and still picked him up, helped him, cleaned him up, gave him new clothes, fed him. So us as Christians, what are we gonna do? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about how the way we were raised, right? We were I was raised to help when I can. Right. Whether it be with with finances, whether it be with my time, whether it be someone needs someone to go visit someone at the hospital, right? Whatever the case may be, we need to do it. But a lot of the times we're not willing to go. How many of us are willing to go to the to the prisons and talk to the prisoners and tell, tell them that Jesus loves them? Right. How many, we were talking about COVID earlier, right? Mm-hmm. How many people were willing to go to the hospital and talk to the people that had COVID yeah, and tell them, hey. COVID, yeah. I'm here for you, right? What would happen? People were just like going to people's doors and just dropping off whatever, right? But how many of us were actually willing to go in and just be like, hey, how's it going? Even if you're wearing a mask, right? Whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Right now, it was COVID. But what happens when it's something else?
1: Yeah, something else.
0: Lepers. No one wanted to talk to the lepers. Jesus went to talk to them. He did. Yeah. He healed a lot of them. And that's, a, that's a serious... Illness,
1: yeah. At that time, that was, yeah, that was like the it was like as big or worse, right? the killer.
0: Yeah, Lep- leprosy was is one hundred percent. Is, is no, I don't want to say one hundred percent, but is way worse than COVID, right? Because what does le- what what entails with leprosy? It's literally your your body is eating itself. You're losing, Jeez. you're losing your nose. You're losing your mouth. You're losing, you're getting holes in your face. Yeah. Like all these things are happening with leprosy. Like your bones are deteriorating, Jeez. right? Your body is literally eating itself, right? And you can fact check me if I'm being wrong, mm-hmm. but like, there's so many stuff that are worse than COVID. When us as Christians, how are we going to handle it, right?
2: Right. Yeah.
1: You don't want you just not, to get that point across too, right? Because again, there probably was many other types of illnesses at that time mm-hmm. but again god's word is specific and is intentional right there's yep. a reason behind every single word so they use that example of leprosy just to show right and for us also to do our research and to know where is this uh where does it fall on the ladder of like the most dangerous the least dangerous kind of thing right and once we find out and what you're saying right it was a it was something that was extremely worse, right? Or it was fatal kind of a thing. That puts us into perspective of again, again, Jesus still as all as 100% human as still 100% God mm-hmm. went out of his way to still approach the non-approachable.
0: Oof. Bars, right? That's deep. Mm-hmm. Approach the unapproachable. How many of us are willing to do that? Yeah. We talk about this all the time, right? Like we were talking about this before how how many Christians are actually willing to do to take that next step to take the bullet yeah. for someone else? To go above and beyond. Exactly. Would say. A lot of people aren't willing to do that, right? Like look what's happening in our our nation, right? Canada right now. They they passed a bill like or they're trying to pass a bill where they're saying that you can't speak out against trans and if you do you're gonna get you're gonna get a fine of twenty five thousand dollars. Right. So once it becomes monetary, once it becomes, it hits your wallet, are you still willing to speak the truth? Mm-hmm. Are you still willing to speak the truth if it can get you imprisoned or, or death?
1: Or, yeah, or bankrupt or losing your home or losing this and that and this, being forever in debt kind of thing.
0: Yeah, how many of us are actually willing to do it? Like, technically, one can say the way we speak and spoke we're anti-trans. We're quote-unquote homophobic.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We're quote-unquote phobic. We're anti-Semitic, right? If that's what you—if that's what people want to talk or say about us, right? Right. But I saw. a I saw a TikTok video, right? And have you? Se- <laughs> you probably haven't seen it. I've,
1: I've <laughs> TikTok. I can tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Bullet
0: Train? I've seen. Bu-
1: I've yet to see Bullet Train. Watch it. It's pretty good movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But there's a scene where that's with the uh, Brad Brad Pitt. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What? There's a scene in that vi- in that movie where there's these two brothers. Spoiler alert. There's these two brothers. One of them's black and one of them's white. And they look down at this one person, and then they're about to take him, right? So the the TikTok video it says the caption says, "It's these two guys," and the caption says, "When Christians and Muslims unite, when someone disrespects Jesus, right?" Mm-hmm. And it pans out, and there's this other guy who shows up, and he's like, "We cannot unite with Muslims when they disrespect Jesus." because Muslims disrespect Jesus when they deny his divinity hmm so let that sink in
1: yeah I have to let that sink in
0: they're saying they will unite with Christians when someone disrespects Jesus the ultimate disrespect to Jesus is to to deny his divinity to deny that he is God that's the ultimate disrespectful thing you can say. Mm-hmm. To say that Jesus was just simply a, man, a man, man who was just simply a prophet. Yeah, That's the most dis- disrespectful thing you can do. Mm-hmm. So you see the hypocrisy within that statement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The irony of that statement mm-hmm. saying that they will unite with Christians because someone's disrespecting Jesus.
1: But until... And then at that point... oh. We're off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, we need to be uh, peaceful people. Yes, we need to be understanding, to lo- show love, compassion. But we also need to stand up for what is true, right? We were talking about how we need to pray for God to change people, right? Yes, it's true. We do need to pray for that. But at the same time, we cannot stay quiet for forever. Because at the end of the like me personally, my my... My soul will not let me stay quiet about who I believe is God, Mm -hmm. who is God, right? Because my wife and I were discussing this yesterday when we were on our way to to Niagara Falls. When you you are in love with someone, you sing their praises to whoever wants to hear
1: it. Give me an example.
0: So, like... Whether you want to admit it or not, the only person you talk about is your spouse, mm. right? And it might annoy people, but you're still doing it. Whether you whether you realize it or not.
1: Oh, like those phrases, like "Oh, my husband always," has, or mm. "Oh, my wife, she's always," like exactly. those kind of things, right? You don't
0: you don't even realize you're doing it, but you're doing it, yeah. right? So when you have that relationship with God, when you have that relationship, oh, I with see what Jesus, you're saying. Okay whether you realize it or it not it just
1: becomes your everyday conversation right? exactly. it's just in your vocabulary just to announce the name give praise
0: exactly yeah. so when you're in that that, um, in Spanish is primer amor the first love right who are you talking about mm-hmm. and if you're not talking about it are you really in love
1: you know what's interesting? Because you're just triggering me. Something that happened today, actually, this morning at the airport. Triggered, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean triggered in a good way, not in a bad <laughs> way. <laughs> um, my brother and I, we yeah, we went to the airport, Toronto Pearson Airport. You're off my dad. He's going back to the old country, the motherland. Um, and I was like, I told them both, like, all right, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go find something uh, for us to have, right? whether it be Tim uh, so I went to look out for a Timmy's found a Timmy's and then I made the order and I was waiting for the order and then I just turned around and then uh, a sister um, right uh, um, I think she's I think she's from I'm pretty sure if I understood her dialect her accent she was was from Jamaica Mm -hmm. she looked at me she smiled I smiled back um, older than me Um, then out of nowhere I just I just walked over kind of thing and then out of nowhere we just started having a conversation right she was nice and pleasant. I was being nice and pleasant, yada yada, right? And we just got into conversation. And again, I was just out of nowhere, like, yeah, we just came out of uh, out of Kitchener, like we're here early, dropping off my dad, like, like thank God that um, you know our way here was fine, right? No accidents, nothing like that. So just just kind of like dropping the name, God, God. Jesus, like it was it was a blessed drive, like everything, all this and that. And then the way she responded. Same thing again, she was dropping the name God, like, oh, blessed, like, like all this stuff kind of thing. Oh, it's great that, you know, the Lord has protected you on your way kind of thing, right? Just like nonchalant kind of thing. And I don't know this person at all, Mm. at all. Just met her for the first time in that moment. Um, And I'm going to say her name because I don't know if I'm ever going to see her again. Her name is Norma. So shout out to you, Norma. May God bless you because, um... I give so much glory to God when those moments happen like that when I can meet other brothers and sisters in the faith just randomly like that in public spaces and then we just start keep having conversation and again just that feeling of like there's something here right yeah. so then I just asked her like sister do you have Jesus in your heart and she's mm. like yes I do I'm like it's it just like man this is that's like that's so cool man when you can meet again just randomly like that I'm like you know what glory to God it's just because I got Jesus too it's an honor and it's a pleasure please what is your name kind of thing and we a fellow exchange Nick. names yeah a fellow, a fellow
0: Nick without even knowing it
1: exactly right
0: and it feels uh, I can attest to what you're saying right because something is what attracts us to other people right the way they speak the, the way, way they, they, they compose yourself right exactly
1: like it, i don't know how it's just it's just you have that feeling right i just turned around and then we just locked eyes and like it just kind of like i knew right away right without having any conversation until i approached her just hearing the way that she was hearing what the way i was speaking i was hearing and was just like came like you got jesus in you Mm. right and then
0: it's on us to give testimony right mm -hmm. nothing drives me more insane when i know i'm surrounded by quote-unquote christians and you don't hear any of them even speak about jesus and this is not to bash these people right but i used to work in a place where like uh i would say there's a at least
1: it's quite a bit right
0: 10 or 12 christians that i grew up with
1: uh let's specify let's specify right Mm -hmm. um these are grown men right so you were a kid and then um these were already like fathers as well right kind of a thing right? yeah
0: so i knew them when i was a child and then uh i just happened to work in the same spot or the same place as they worked as an adult now
1: yeah so they're like in their 50s and 60s kind of thing now yeah
0: so the testimony like i i've told you this before right but one of the one of these guys was actually uh, our Sunday school teacher. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, when back we were in the day, teens, yeah. So my image of him was at that time. At that time, was like this is a man of God.
2: Yeah.
1: Like respect, God, up- respect, utmost respect, utmost respect. Right.
0: But when I started working in the same spot as or the same place as him, the same workplace, I started seeing a different person. Yeah. I started hearing a different person. Instead of words of God coming out of his mouth, it was chambre, gossip, um, very judgy, uh, condescending, uh, just not the not the image or the person that I thought I knew. Or
1: Yeah, that image just completely got shattered in, I don't know, if a moment of days or minutes or hours or weeks, but just that image you had of them at that one time, now to, as an adult, right? Because, right, you you change the way that you speak to, uh, you know, to your elders when you're a kid, right? But once you become an adult, right, and the adults know that you're a grown person now, like, that conversation is now different, right? Yeah. in a sense, like, at that time, you got, like, a quote-unquote censored version, right? But yeah. now you're getting, like, the full true colors, and you're hearing this person, the way they act, the way they speak, and it's just, like, and you ask that one question. What happened to you?
0: Exactly. And I asked, I told him one time, right? Because he would always just try to, like, like he was very, um, what's the word, like, trying to get on your nerves kind of person, right? Hmm. So one time, he, him and I were just talking, and I would always just try to go back down to, like, the Christian talk right and he would have those discussions with me right the problem is I already know who he is mm-hmm. so it's hard for me to take him serious when he is talk trying to talk you know Bible Bible really so one time I was Ouch. like one time I was like he said something and I was like well are you still Christian and he just kind of looked at me and I'm like I'm asking you because you don't even congregate anymore and the way you are you're not giving me that christian life. Mhm. And he kind of got offended, right? But I was like I need to tell him the truth because if I keep tell, like babying him that's not that's not what Jesus would have wanted me to do. Right? So I was like what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Like, Sometimes
1: you, you got to be blunt mm. and frank with people, right? Just get straight to the point and although yeah, it may sound a um harsh. offensive or harsh but um
0: you have to you know like and to- this
1: is and this is a grown man too right so mm. you gotta assume like you gotta have these man-on-man conversations kind of thing right yeah because it's not always going to be like careful with their words and whatnot like we're not, like by all means we're not trying to cause disrespect or any in our best intentions right we're having good intentions with everything we're saying but again these are these are grown conversations you can have, like, being straight up, be like, yo, like, what's up with you?
0: You have to have that man talk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know this is like, uh, the, the gender, uh, the gender, uh, talk right but you have to have that man talk and you have to just be like very very strict with someone right
1: because at the end of the day because you gotta let them know that you're serious about this right you you got to make them distinguish like yo whatever you thought I was when like mm. I'm not that kid anymore right yeah. I need to i need you to know right now that i am a grown man so i'm at I'm that's why I'm going at this approach at this direction with you that you know right away I'm about it and I'm serious right now yeah mm-hmm. and that's
0: the thing they they probably still have that image of you when you were a child 100 percent right? Yeah, so one definitely. time, one time, this guy just made my life so difficult. Like, if I was going to the bathroom, because like, my father in law worked at the exact same place. So I, I was like, literally, my machine was right beside his, mm-hmm. and right across, like this little hall, like this little, this road area in my workplace was my father in law. Right. So my father in law can see me working, and I can see my father in law working. Right. So I would get up, and not get up, but I would walk away and go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. right. Every time I went to the bathroom, he would tell my father-in-law. He'd be like, hey, this guy's going to the bathroom. So one time I got so annoyed with him. I'm like...
1: What was the reason for... Just
0: him? causing ruckus. Just, oh. that's how he is. That's how he is, unfortunately. Right? Interesting. So I go up to him. I'm like, hey, man. And I said it in Spanish. I'm going to say it in Spanish, too, because I don't know how to translate it into Spanish. I was like, ¿y qué le debo yo a usted?
1: Yeah, what do I owe you? Yeah.
0: ¿Qué le debo yo a usted que me está viendo... To me movimientos.
1: Yeah, what do I owe you that you're watching me doing with all these actions and movements? Yeah, and
0: he just kind of looked at me. He's like, "What?" I'm like, "What's your What's your deal? I'm, yeah, like, I'm exactly. not your son. I don't owe you anything. Yeah, you're not my boss. I'm like, why are you Why yeah. are you looking at all my every movement? I'm not yeah. doing anything wrong, by the way. But why are you watching everything I do? Like, and you're telling yeah. my father-in-law.
1: Like, what's, like try- what's the reason? here? Like you're trying
0: yeah. to get me in trouble with my father-in-law. Like, like, what's going on here?
1: Like, what's your what's your reason here? Like, am I doing something wrong? I'm not supposed to. Be, and then like- he was like,
0: "Hey, hey, like, you know, blah blah blah." I'm like, "Hey, man, I'm not that kid anymore." I told him that. I'm like, "I'm not that kid anymore. I'm a grown man. I'm a married man." At the time, I uh, uh, I didn't have my son. But I was like, "Dude, you need to you need to chill." Yeah, I told him I'm like. He's like, what do you mean era? I'm like, you're not living that life, bro. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to tell you. But just like how Jesus told the Pharisees that they were hypocrites, I'm telling you right now, you're not living that life anymore. Hmm. You need to take a good, hard look at yourself. And then that's when I started thinking. I'm like, has he always been like this? Or was I just getting an image of him in church?
1: Well, that's the thing, right? Uh, We don't know. Exactly. Because in Sunday school, that's that's one side. At church, that's one side that we see of people, right? Mm. But once we're outside of church, we don't know how they are, and we were who ta- they are.
0: We were talking about how we were when we were younger, right? In church, we were probably one thing. Outside of church, we were another thing. 100%, yeah. Because obviously, we were going out, partying, yeah, drinking. Living two worlds. Right? Living two worlds. And how many people, adults, are doing that right now? Right. I found out just recently that I had an uncle and an aunt who would go to church Saturdays. And after Saturdays, my uncle would take my aunt out clubbing. Really? And Sunday morning, again, they were in church.
2: Jeez. God, I was, and I was Lord like, have mercy. I
0: was like, Jesus Christ. What The image you have of these adults when you're a child is completely shattered once you grow up.
1: You know what's crazy, too, brother, is that... um when i hear those types of stories or when when i get notice of that like again it's moments like those that get me to think and reflect like okay how do certain people interact with me or react with me at church right Mm. right so (laughs) i have to i have to really again like i take these things serious where like i think like all right if they already have this image there's a reason why it's there right the way they act with me talk to me interact with me There's a reason of of it, right? Whether it is respectful, whether it's admiration, I don't know, uh, right? All the glory to God, whatever the case may be. But that tells me something that, okay, I've already built up, quote-unquote, a reputation, Mm. right? Yep. So if I'm not in church and if I'm outside of church and somehow we interact again, it is my responsibility to maintain that. And as you stated, what is our testimony, not just in church, but in the world, right? And that's something that... again, being men of God, that we have to take that very carefully and very seriously as well because I don't know about you, but I don't want to have a moment like that where somebody, right? We looked up to that brother, right? Thinking that, again, he's a man of God, but now once we see them in their true form, and true colors, is like, oh my Lord, it's been completely shattered.
0: It's the worst feeling. Uh, 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 it's not the worst feeling in the world, but it's such a horrible feeling because it changes your your idea or or what you thought this person was yeah, It's, it's uh, not because sure. i remember when i was growing up i would tell people i would sing this guy's praises essentially yeah. i used to tell people that this guy was like he was one of the best sunday school teachers i've ever had yeah. he was he was mentoring me he was showing me like he showed me so much love so much everything and then when i got to know him who he really was it was like man
3: yeah.
1: Right, um, but again, it's it's up to us to also pray for that brother too. Yeah, right. So God have mercy on us. I himself. hope.
0: I hope. Listen, I hope he can fix his relationship with God, right? Because this is a man that knows a lot of scriptures. Yeah. Very smart. And, Very smart.
1: And I hope as well, right? Because again, I don't know his life, so I don't know what he's mm. been through. So I'm hoping that um, whatever he's been through that got him to the point where he is right now that Um, Again, God have mercy that he comes back to the feet of Jesus, right? Yeah. Because again, and I'm going to bring this up as well too, right? Because as a kid, when I got to know about your your parents, your dad, right? It has not changed from today, right? Yeah. I still see your parents with the same respect and admiration, right? Mm -hmm. If not more than what it was before, right? Yeah. And I hope you have the same thing with my parents as well, right? Because that is the ultimate goal man right that is part of the example as well that is the part of the responsibility that we need to maintain right as Christians to maintain that testimony that we can be that example for the young ones for the young mm-hmm. bloods right mm-hmm. of what it means or what it is what how we should act how we should in- praise worship God in church preach the word speak about God but not just in church but most importantly outside as well
0: yeah and like just to like go off of what you're saying right I worked I worked with your dad. Oh, right. I worked with your dad. So right. I can, I can honestly yes. say oh, I forgot about the that. The image yeah. that I had with of your dad that, when I was a kid to the image that I have of him now has not changed whatsoever. Glory to God. Why? Because what your dad was in church, he was at work. And I tell his people I tell people this all the time as a testimony, right? we worked in a we worked in a, in a pork factory mm-hmm. and a slaughterhouse a slaughterhouse I worked there for six years your dad worked way longer than that yeah but I worked there for six years, and towards the end, it was the most miserable time of my life. Because I didn't want to be there because I was surrounded by negativity. I was surrounded by people that were just gossiping about each other. They were just talking bad about each other. I was surrounded by that. Yeah. And I remember every time I would go to the bathroom or, or whatever the case may be, a break, your dad at, at that point was, was no longer actually working on the floor. He was outside. Mm-hmm. Every time I walked out, I would see him. He would just be like, "Hermano," and I'd be like, "Hermano, cómo está?" He's like, "Good," and then we just talk, start talking about God. Right. That that was always the center of our conversation, just talking about God.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'd be like, "Hermano, I just feel so bad here. Like, I, like I'm not happy here." And he'd be like, "God's gonna show you the way. Just give me words words of encouragement, right? right. Which Oblifting, is uplifting, bl- right? Exactly. Which yeah. is what you want to hear, right? And I always tell people all the time, like. He's the one that kept me going there, and he, and in one way or another, God, God took me out of that situation, right? Mm-hmm. And like, whenever I see him now, it's like he, we, we, hug each other. It's just like you just feel this love, right? Yeah. I and know. it just makes me happy because my image of him when I was, when I was a kid has stayed the same. He's yeah. been the same person that he was back then that he is now right and that's what you want from all these people that you used yeah. to we used to congregate with right
1: every every son and daughter everyone who has christ in their life right that is the goal right and to be I, the same to, yeah well
0: like I'm saying to be the same. What the person you are in church be the exact same person yes, okay, you are yeah, yeah. at work.
1: To have that consistent. And, and again, we we understand, right? We're human. We have errors. We have flaws, right? We have our di- uh, our difficulties. We have our struggles. We have our battles, right? We understand. it, We recognize that, right? But that's the that's the that's the part of the Christian life, right? That's responsibility. That's like the, the hardship that we must endure day in, day out, Mm. right? Fighting the daily fight, Mm. picking up that cross daily, right? Making sure that it's not just for our children, but for those brothers and sisters around us, right? The responsibility that that comes to my mind when it comes to being a Christian man, Christian woman, right? Whether if you have kids or not, whether if you have family or not, right? There's others around there as well that they're looking looking at you or they're looking up to you or whatever the case may be, right? Mm -hmm. Because at some point right we're going to have those moments of participating in church right just like your dad just like my dad whether we just be counting that whether we be counting the ofrenda whether we be reading the lecture like there's moments that you have like what what's going to be your response how are you going to respond to it what's going to be your responsibility right and to recognize that it's not just your parents that are looking at you or your, your siblings but there's going to be children there's going to be babies mm. there's going to be seniors there's going to be married but like everyone's going to have eyes on you right
0: exactly that's that's the reality we live in, right? Because mm. uh, these people, like we look, we when we were kids, we looked up to these people. Literally, literally looked right? up to them, <laughs> and now we're we're all adults. Like you said, yeah, we're all it's, adults now, it's grown probably, folk. It's probably hard for them to understand that we are grown up now. Now we can make our own decisions. We can make our own judgments of people.
1: Yeah, we don't depend on them now. Kind of thing. Now
0: us as adults how are we going to react for example if a kid is looking up to us are we going to be the exact same person that we that we are in church outside of church
1: yeah may God help us because that is part of the responsibility that we have whether we like it or not
0: and we don't want it goes back down to the same thing testimony
1: yeah
0: we don't want to be a block for someone to, to go to yes, church yes
1: we don't want to be a tripping stone we want exactly. to be a stepping stone exactly good point
0: right because people are seeing us and they're like this guy says he's Christian. Are, is everybody like him in church? Right. Our testimony speaks louder than our words. It, it my, yes. yes. Especially father-
1: when it comes when you're in the world and you're with amongst people who are not Christian as well, right? Because the last, <clears throat> like, this is something that was in the back of my mind that I always worried about, and I don't know if you had this too. Like, when you're in the world, right? When you say that you got Jesus, you're a Christian kind of thing, right? They have this already, this image this image of of what that's like kind of thing, right? So my biggest worry is that what will happen if I'm with these group of people who are not saved, but I'm with them, and then out of nowhere, I see like a brother, a sister kind of thing Mm -hmm. in the faith kind of thing, and they approach me, and then, what if like these guys were not in the world like, Oh, uh brother, you are you ready to go coming with us or you go drinking? Like having these kind of conversations in front of them, like for me that was something that I was like I was worried about, I was like scared about that was gonna be happening, right? Yeah. That would happen. But um and again I I as of right now, like I accepted like if that would happen then I deserve it, right? Yeah right at some point th- something's going to get revealed right everything has a consequence to whatever we do in life right what happens sooner or later kind of thing there's always going to be reaction of our actions that we take forward so that was something that I always think about like man what's going to be that conversation even still today right because I still I still hang out with uh, with friends from elementary school junior high that are non believers right but I make sure that they know and mm-hmm. they know now right when they're going to be throwing shots or whatnot or they're going to be drinking, they know not to ask me, right? I'll, I'll tell you a recent example. So, yesterday when I went paintball and before that, uh, a friend of mine, he's getting married. Mm-hmm. So, he decided to have his bachelor's to have paintball, all that stuff. That I knew, but before that, I didn't know that they were going to do pre-drink kind of thing, right? Oh, okay. So, they're drinking, but they know now. They don't even ask me anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't try to do anything with me anymore, right? So, again... If I was to be in a public setting, again, it's being careful, right? How is that going to be looked at? Yes, we're at his place, so there's no eyes, but again, the same thing again, right? Um, What are they going to say if I meet someone else or I'm in conversation with another brother and sister in Christ? Are they going to run over? Are they going to come over and try to say something that's going to either put me in a situation like, whoa, is this guy actually Christian or not kind of thing, right?
0: It's funny how you're bringing this up, right? Because I'll give you, I'll give this is my testimony, Mm -hmm. my epiphany of realizing that whole what am I doing thing, right? Right. I was at a party and I was drinking and I was smoking in that party. And, you know, I was drunk already. And that exact same night, I remember. We were just acting a fool, right? And uh, I saw a girl there, and she wasn't drinking. And then I remember, like, I stumbled over to her, and I was like, hey, why aren't you drinking? This is a party. Like, you know, let's have fun, blah, blah, blah. And she looked at me, and she said, "Uh, no, I'm okay, thanks. And I was like, I'm like, why aren't you drinking? Like, we're at a party. And she's Mm -hmm. she's like, I'm Christian. Bro, when she said that to me, it's like someone shot a hole in my in my chest.
2: Crazy, yeah.
0: I felt ashamed. I felt horrible. And I remember, in even in my drunken state, I was like, "That's when I like really it really hit me."
1: Yeah, where it really smacked you in the face. And I was like,
0: "What am I doing?" Yeah. And I was like. I remember I told her, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm Christian, too. My dad's a pastor. <laughs> and I remember she just looked at me. She's like, oh, okay. And then I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. What am I doing?
1: It's like at that moment, like, got to get out of here. Or it's just like a sense of shame kind of thing or embarrassment. From then on
0: is when I had, I didn't have that desire anymore. Mm-hmm. I remember I did it one more time after that. But it's like, I was like, I am not living my life. And shout out to her. Um,
1: shout out to you, yes.
0: She, she, without trying to do something, impacted my life in a way that I am so grateful. Forever grateful. Because if she hadn't been at that party, if she hadn't said those words to me. Yeah, who
2: knows, eh?
0: I don't know where I would be right now. I don't know if I I probably maybe eventually would have. Who knows? Only yeah. God knows. But yeah. only God knows how he does things.
1: He works in mysterious ways. The way, specific
0: man. ways he works. And it just like, it was supposed to happen like that. Mm-hmm. It happened like that. He knew that was going to be the time he was calling me back
1: to start. Isn't that something, man? Like I, like, I wonder, like, how she got to the party kind of thing. Because maybe she was in the same boat as you were like, no, I'm not going. No, I'm not going. And mm-hmm. and she ended up going. And she's just, like, so fed up. Like, oh, my God, I'm here. I'm here kind of thing, right?
0: And there's nothing more annoying than being that sober person when everybody else is, being, is drunk or high or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more annoying than that. Just how people just act when they're drunk how people act when they're high it's annoying
1: for me like for me i'm at the point now where i just become like the caretaker now right because mm. um like i've been the last wedding i was at again a lot of my uh elementary junior high high school friends were there right of course they're drinking they're having their moments right to the point where like they're like they're not walking straight anymore right yeah so then i just end up being that person and and i like doing this too where I, right then i become like their spotter kind of thing like all right i know you don't know that i'm around or that i'm watching out for you but right now like in just in the background like i'm just making sure that they're safe and sound right
0: yeah and as christians i think um it's not a sin to be in in that environment, but you also need to recognize that um, that's not our place. But we can we can make a difference, mm-hmm. whether we know it or not. That's not to say that you should go out to the clubs and and just because you're not drinking, you're not doing yeah. anything wrong, right? Yeah. But it's like it's like people are like, don't go to the bars. Well, you if you go to a restaurant and they're, they're serving, serving alcohol. alcohol, then technically...
1: Like, what's the difference here? Yeah.
0: You need to, you know, don't be so legalistic in the sense that um, you make it like a, a law kind of thing, right? Because if, if you want to look at it like that, even going to a sporting event, they're serving alcohol. Right. If you go to the movies, I think some movies offer alcohols, alcohol. Um, oh yeah, VIP
1: section. The kind of VIP, thing. yeah, yeah. You can,
0: yeah, wine, you can whatever the case may be, right? So like, that's not to say that you cannot go. It's the thing. The thing is, maybe try to avoid situations that can get you into trouble.
1: Exactly right. Use that phrase where they say, "Use that common sense." Right? Mm. Are you in an environment that's going to set you up for success, or it's going to set you up for failure? Mm. Right.
0: I remember because I was in, I was in a situation like you. um, uh, my cousin was getting married and he was having um his bachelor, and they were doing they were going to Niagara Falls. Right. And he had told me that they were gonna go to a steakhouse and they were gonna go to a bar or a club afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I had originally told him I was gonna go, but then I started thinking about it and I was like, Do I want to be in that environment?
2: Yeah.
0: Do I want to be having to tell these people no? I don't want to drink. No, I don't want to drink.
1: And that's the thing, right? Do you want to constantly explain yourself over and over again? Like yeah. maybe the steakhouse should, could be one thing, but yeah. then then why you just like you know that you're kind of trapped trapped in it, unless you've driven yourself, but it's 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 yeah. like a waste of time as well.
0: And then I and then I, I told him I'm like, hey man, I'm gonna go with you to the steakhouse, but I'm not gonna spend the night there, and I'm not gonna go to the to the yeah. bars with you guys. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then he was like, all right, that's cool. Like he understood, right? But then I started thinking about it even more. I'm like. They're going to get drinks while they're eating. They're going to try to convince me to go. And then they're going to make me feel bad because I'm not going to go. And then I was like, you know what? I just sent him a message. I'm like, yeah. hey, bro, I'm not going to go. Sorry. Yeah.
1: You've seen this movie before, right? Exactly. You know how it goes kind of thing. Yeah.
0: So it's just like you got to try to avoid like like not be antisocial, but avoid situations that are going to get you upset. Avoid situations that are maybe tempting for you. Like it's all personal choice Mm -hmm. if you think you can handle being in these situations and you're not gonna fall do it
2: yeah
1: but if you feel like
0: if you if you feel like you cannot
1: don't do it and and that's the key thing that you're saying right there like know yourself exactly right
0: don't be that the that reason for someone to be like hey that guy's christian what is he doing at the bar right hey that guy's christian what is he doing at the club don't put yourself in that situation, man, because you're making it worse for someone else than for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're not drinking, maybe you're not uh, smoking there, but you you might be getting tempted by a girl there. If you're a girl, you might be getting tempted by a man there. Like, just because it's not drinking, it's not smoking, doesn't mean you're not fornicating or being a, an adulterous person. Like, right. Pick and choose your battles wisely. Yeah. Right, because you can be that, like you said, we can either be that stepping stone or we can be that block for someone else to seek God. Right. Every decision you make is an important decision, and you have to really think about what you're going to do.
1: And especially now, too, for you and myself, right? You being a married man, a family man, me just being a grown man, right? Mm-hmm. Us two being grown men, like, we, we cannot make <laughs> the same mistakes that we made prior. Yeah. Because at least we had um, being young or mm. or being, um, I would just say, be young for as, as an excuse. Now, we have no excuse.
0: But as Christians, we have no excuse.
1: Either way, right.
0: We have no excuse because we were taught between right and wrong. Yeah. Right, so be saying because you were young, that's why you made the mistakes. Like, nah, bro, you know, you know, that's fair, right? You know what I mean, like. Yeah.
1: I guess if I guess I was going with the thing if there could be excuse, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, just being rebellious, being young, having those teens kind of thing that quote unquote everyone goes. But see, to.
0: you see, as human beings, we always have excuses.
1: Oh, we love the excuses, man. I know. I have
0: a. F- he's not my family. He's not my uncle, but he's my wife's uncle, and he no longer congregates anymore because he says that everybody at church is a hypocrite. (laughs) And I hate hearing that, bro. We all are. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Why are you in church then? Are you in church because you're looking at everybody else's flaws? Yeah. If you are there for that reason, you're in church for the wrong reasons, bro. Yeah. You're... You got a lot to figure out. You got to look at yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. Always.
0: Always look at yourself. Don't go to church looking at the pastor don't look at don't go to church looking at the worship leader or the worship team go to church to be, be to better yourself and to have tunnel vision yeah because if you're going to look for someone's defects, someone's flaws, you're going to find them
1: yeah definitely you know like we go to church because not that we're perfect but we that we recognize that we are sinners and we need God's mercy and his grace we need God in our lives every moment right
0: yeah and church is not like a sporting event where you can look at someone's flaws and be like yo trade this person right <laughs> we are talking about the Raptors when we Akum, right <laughs> how, how I was telling you how this this man ha- got fouled shooting a three pointer and then misses two two free throws to tie the game like bro Damn. I know you're shaking your head right now bro. trade him get rid of
1: him get rid of him bro spicy P more like sloppy P bro <laughs> That should be his nickname, Sloppy P. I'm calling it right now. Man, these this, Raptors. The confidence, I appreciate the confidence that the coach and the organization have in him. But Yo,
0: get rid of Nick Nurse uh, Yeah, get rid of him too.
1: Yeah, Nick Nurse. They're has all to trash.
0: Go like I know, I know, I know, you sports people are like, ah, oh, there they go again. But like, the church is not like sports where we can say get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Right when you're in church. Instead of saying get rid of them, pray for them,
1: and that's the thing, man. Instead Boom. of again, <laughs> we're doing everything that's anti-Christian, anti-biblical. Instead of uplifting them, we're criticizing. Instead of praying for them, we're gossiping about them. Instead of um giving them love, we're giving them like disgust. Right? It's we're doing everything that's the opposite. Which, again, God have mercy on all of us. And it's something that I, I do my best. And I know you do to think about ourselves, like how we're presenting ourselves, how we're acting towards others, right? But it is what we must do, mm-hmm. right? It's Hablar not... con ánimo. Mm-hmm. Orar uno por los otros. Que Jesús ama a su, a su vecino como Jesús nos amó, right? All that stuff.
0: I'm going to preach in two weeks, I think. And God already gave me my message. and I'm just going to give you the title of what, what, it, what, what it is. Okay. Siempre Unidos. And Jesus' biggest desire was for his people to be united. Mm-hmm. And what is what unites us as his people? To recognize that Jesus is God and that how do we show that we love God? By loving our neighbor. By showing love and compassion to our neighbor, to our brothers, to our sisters.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? It's not about words. It's about actions. Yeah. It's not about saying, I love you. It's about showing you that I love you. It's to, it goes back down to the Samaritan thing. To see if your brother is fallen, your sister's fallen. To pick them up, to mm-hmm. uplift them. Not to stomp on their head while they're down. Or
1: turn away or ignore.
0: And pretend like you didn't see anything. That's yeah. not what God wants. You know, some, something that happened to me today that kind of made me sad. I went to the gym earlier and I saw a, a guy who used to be my friend. In high school shout out to him he saw me and I saw him and we didn't say a word to each other that made me sad because yeah. I was like dang we used to be really good friends
1: <laughs> what happened to all those memories eh?
0: yeah so we don't want I don't want to be like that mm-hmm. we don't want to be like that in church mm-hmm. we want to have a camaraderie camaraderie between each other Have a brotherhood, a fellowship. Not just to say or act a certain way, but to be a certain way, the way Jesus wanted us to be. Right. Right? It goes back down to the same talk that we had before. To be able to have love, understanding, forgiveness, and to move on. Yeah. How many people say, I forgive you, but I'm not going to forget what you did to me. You're not truly forgiving that person then.
1: I always wondered about that. Right. Well, About like that statement there, right? I forgive you, but I will never forget. Like I, I like I would like to ask um, people who would say that, like what what does that mean to them? Right. Mm-hmm. Just understand, like, um, like what kind of intention is behind that kind of thing? Is it just because of a memory situation, or is it just a learning lesson for them to, um, to kind of watch out for kind of thing? Like, like I wonder how deep it is for them when they say that.
0: I think when you say. I forgive you but I don't forget you're not truly forgiving them yeah no you're leaving the door slightly open you know what I mean it's like um, uh, have you ever watched How I Met Your Mother yes so there's one episode where they're talking about how they can't uh, fully let go of their exes so uh, Lily was like talking to the scooter and she's like I can't be with you Right now. So you're leaving the door slightly open.
1: Oh, giving that person that false hope kind of thing?
0: The kind of like uh dumb and dumber, I'll never be with you <laughs> in a million years or whatever. So you're saying there's a chance. So you're telling me you there's a chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so in that phrase, you're you're leaving the door slightly open, right? That false hope kind of. That thing. false hope. So when you say, "I forgive you, but I don't forget," you're leaving it open. To say, if they do it again, you're like, "I told you you're gonna do it again." So you didn't actually forgive them.
2: When interesting,
0: the Bible says, "When God when God forgives our sins, He forgets." Mm. He's not like us when mm, when I see. When I do it again, you're like, I told you you're going to do it again. Uh, That's not what God does.
1: When he forgives, he forgets. He
0: forgets. So,
1: Wow. So, Our God is an awesome God.
0: Our God is an awesome God.
1: He reigns. I still don't remember the lyrics. I do mean, either. <laughs> but last time I brought up the same. With wisdom, power, and love, our God is an awesome God. There we go. There we go. Boom. Go. sorry go ahead
0: (laughs) last time we spoke about when Jesus resurrected right and he asked Peter do you love me Mm -hmm. he didn't say he already knew what had happened he knew that Peter had denied him but with that simple phrase Peter do you love me do you know what he was saying to him
1: I forgive you I forgive you and at no point right did Jesus say remember this or I remember this hey bro
0: you remember what you said what you said about me
1: yeah at no point at just no asking point. to you yeah nice very nice
0: there was a quote in a movie that always gets me it's just like it's a comedy movie have you ever seen the movie Starsky and Hutch
1: oh it's been a while
0: so there's a there's a there's a scene where Snoop Dogg says this. He said, To air, wait, 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 What? What's the quote?
1: Come on, man. You're the quote, man. I know. I know. I know, the I know. I'm dropping
0: the ball right here. <laughs> <laughs> To err is human, but to forgive is truly divine. Oh. And then he the guy's like, Who said that? He's like, The greatest Mac of all. Jesus Christ.
1: Oh. Shout out to Snoop.
0: Snoop D O Double and you can see right there the message within that phrase is is indescribable is mm-hmm. because in our human nature we cannot forgive and even if we say I forgive you but I won't forget you're not forgiving
1: yeah it's 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 something that you know because that whole conversation right Because when you say that to the other person, you're hoping that with your intention that that person is matching it as well, right? That they change. That they change, that they learn from their mistake, that they say as well, like I don't know if they can say as well, that I forgive as well or I accept your apology or whatever the case may be, right? Um, That they do learn and change from that because the unfortunate thing that you don't want to happen is that the same thing happens again, right? Yeah. Because then at that point... Again, how does that person who been through that same thing twice now respond again to that kind of situation? I don't know biblically, we must continue to forgive. I don't know if there's a certain number or something like that. 70 times 7. There we go. A,
0: a day. <laughs> What's that? You, you good at math? What's 70 times 7?
1: Seven? A uh, big number. <laughs> <laughs> how about that? From my calculator. Let's see, seven times seven. Seven times seven is forty-four. So four hundred forty-four times. Four hundred forty times. Four hundred ninety. Dang it! Oh, forty-nine. Oh. oh. I just, I just, I just revealed my mask. <laughs> four hundred and
0: ninety times a
1: day. A day. There you go.
0: Why do you think he got, he set that number? Because he knew we couldn't do it. That number is so high. Yeah. Does someone, is someone going to defend you four hundred and ninety times in one day? Nah.
1: I, that got me thinking now <laughs> like at least for for us humans I don't think so but I wonder for Jesus if that number happened on a single day kind of thing
0: I'll give you this example right there is no marriage out there that's perfect there's yes. no marriage out there that they don't fight right doesn't matter the the appearance they gave you
1: yeah what, what you beyond. see like again what you see in public is going to be different what you see behind closed doors
0: exactly so in a marriage right when you get married, you have to accept this person the way they are. Mm-hmm. Because so,
1: they you... also accepted you exactly the way you are.
0: So, I piss off my wife all the time. <laughs> but with that unconditional love that she has, or should have, she forgives me.
1: <laughs> Say that again, brother. <laughs> I piss her
0: off all the time. All the time. she's gonna listen to this and she's gonna start laughing because she knows it's true I piss her off all the time shout out to your wife she gets mad at me all the time and you know it works both ways she gets me mad too like that's how it is that's a marriage yeah right but there's this there's this uh tiktok that she showed me that says your son loves you because you're his father your mother loves you because she's your mother your father loves you because he's your father your wife is the only person that loves you just for who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Boom.
1: Boom. You know,
0: and you know, it takes a bigger person to understand or to recognize or realize or admit that we are not in a perfect marriage. Mm-hmm. We have our problems mm-hmm. just like everybody else. Yes, sir. Everybody else. Yes, sir. You, you're single right now, but you will get to that point where you get married. Hey, man, we don't know that. <laughs>
1: are you exposing something right now no no Um, (laughs) no I I am I'm yeah I'm single
0: (laughs) hey hey, listen but you will get to that point
1: God willing brother I will get to that point where I'll know what it's like to hold a hand I'm just kidding
0: (laughs) no but you will get to that point one day Mm -hmm. where having a relationship is completely different than being married
1: right right that's true.
0: Once you start living with someone, yeah. Everything changes.
1: Everything changes. Cause yeah, when you're dating someone, it's all glitz and glam. It's a mm. beautiful life, right? You're seeing, you're seeing their best self. Mm, boom. You're see it's like like that's why like when it comes to like social media, Facebook, Instagram, mm. like you're just seeing the best person of in that moment, right? Exactly because they're not in their it's all be, like it's, I guess it's in public areas right but once the clo- doors close and once you see them the next morning what are the cases then you'll see like you said their true colors and trust
0: me like once you're married you start fighting about the dumbest stuff <laughs> the dumbest stuff and then after you start realizing you're like why are we fighting over this yeah. oh uh, we're fighting because uh, you're babying the, the boy it's like Bro, who cares? Like, it's, it's just like once you get to that point in a relationship where you're just starting to fight over the dumbest things, mm-hmm. that's when you realize the love you have for that person. Yeah. Right? Because, like, now you can be who you are. You're comfortable enough to show the person exactly who you are. What really annoys you? What really frustrates you? Yeah. What, like, these small little things, right? But it goes back down to like, the world will tell you like as soon as there's a little bit of disagreement you guys got to go your separate ways. Like that's not how it goes, man. When you make your vows, you say you will be with this person through sickness and health. What does that mean? Yeah. I mean you got to stick with them even if they're stubborn like me. Mm-hmm. Right? Like mom,
1: it's giving you both examples of the extremes, right? Yeah. And again at the end of those vows what does it say? Until till De- death do, do us, us part. part. Right? Exactly.
0: So um this is a testimony my uncle my uncle has was in the hospital for 2 weeks. He had um uh, um internal bleeding in his in his uh in his liver and he passed out while um pumping gas and they they called the ambulance they took him to the hospital and uh they had to operate him on him and he had a he had a had a bad reaction to the, to the medicine that they were giving him. Oh wow! So he he essentially went into a coma, and you know my uncle, you were actually talking to him like, at the last party we had, mm-hmm. and uh he was he he came out of his coma finally like last week, and this is a testimony he's gonna have to give, right? Like, glory to God, he's Amen. he's home now, glory but, to God. Um, something that kind of made me laugh right to kind of like shine a little bit of light in somewhat negative story right right and I told my wife this and she started laughing um, I went to go see him on Wednesday last week and this is the first time he, he was able to stand up and walk and he was actually he, he wanted to walk more and whatever and the nurse was like slow down like this is your first day. You don't have to do so much. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, "His motivation is is he has he's very motivated." Blah blah blah. Right. And my my cousin was standing beside me. I'm like, I'm like, is it motivation or is it, is it or is it that Diaz stubbornness? <laughs> <laughs>
1: and only you guys will know, like. <laughs> yeah. And
0: I knew exactly what it was. It was our stubbornness, yeah. along with. God helping him.
1: Right. And also, too, like, um, again, going back to the experience and the personality, because I believe your uncle, he's also ex-military. He's ex-military, yeah. Right? So, again, he has that. That's ingrained in his DNA, man. The mindset. Recovery. Okay, recover. Like, let's suck it up. Let's get back into our feet kind of thing, right? And he was saying that, too. So, again, maybe it's stubbornness for others, but... If we understand that, right, that's him. That's his way of thinking. That's his way of training. That's how what he was growing up to be, right? Exactly. He's in a moment that he's in recovery. Moment. Okay, now to get to work kind of thing, right? Yeah, because
0: like like I said, like my dad and my, my uncles had such a tough upbringing. Like my dad started working full-time at six years old. Jeez. So, And it wasn't because my grandfather was an abusive uh, father. No, it's because there was a necessity. Yeah. They had to work because they if Need they didn't work they weren't going to eat that day. Yeah, like they grew up poor. Yeah, right. So in that work ethic was instilled in my father from a very young age. Right, right. Where it was passed down to to me, my siblings. Right, that stubbornness comes from my dad. Was was implemented on us as well. Right, because mm-hmm. I saw him doing that, and in my head, I'm like, I would have done the exact same thing. Yeah. Right. Why? Because that's how we were raised. That's what we were taught. That's right? the example. The example we were given. Exactly. So, it's not to say it was wrong. It was not to say it was right. Right. It's just the way we were raised. For sure, man. So it goes back down to the same thing. Like my wife, me telling her or me saying that she that I piss her off all the time. A lot of, a lot of what she struggles with with me is my stubbornness. Mm-hmm. I'm very stubborn. It's hard for me to sometimes recognize when i'm being stubborn when i'm being an idiot when i'm like not listening right but it's on us to understand where we we're flawed yeah and where we can be better
1: and and that's where it's so difficult man for us ourselves you myself to just try to look in within ourselves have that moment of reflection like what am i doing here what is being perceived i'm clearly uh, like in that moment clearly you're upsetting your wife yeah what am i doing that is upsetting her right and hopefully hopefully right your partner your wife right is able to say like you're doing this and this and this and this kind of thing and and instead of taking that offensively right we like take a moment like okay again what is the root of this
0: like in any relationship including a a, a spiritual relationship in church there should always be communication. Mm-hmm. If you're not communicating, then you're not going to know there's a problem. Right. If you're not telling someone, hey, I don't like that you said this, they're never going to know. Yeah. We, they're never going to know to change. We're not
1: mind readers, man.
0: Yeah. Everybody's different, right? Some people some people react good to criticism. Other people don't. Yeah. that's true. Some people, you can yell at them all day, but they won't care. Yeah. Other people, you yell at them, they break down. Yeah. Everybody's different. Everybody or communicates. instantly offended kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. No, like... I know a lot of people that are very easily offended. People mm-hmm. that are close to me, uh, people that are related to me, I know they I know that you cannot joke around with them a certain way.
1: Right. Right. And that's right. how it is in church.
0: Yeah. You can joke around you can joke around with me like I don't I really don't care. Mm-hmm. Right? You can you can offend me and I'm going to keep it moving, right? right. But other people aren't like that. Yeah. Right? People get offended very they easily. They take
1: that to heart and then that's where the issues lie again, right? And
0: then we can't forgive them because this person is like that. Yeah. And we can't forgive them because this person is too offensive or blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 Just tell them, hey, man, don't joke around with me like that. It doesn't take much.
1: No, right? but our egos and our pride, man. Hmm. <laughs> Preach. It gets in the way, right? Why should I talk? They should be talking to me. Oh. Whatever the case may be, right? I'm not at fault. They're at fault. Right? So I
0: brought up the the, the situation that I, I encountered today with, with that friend of mine. Right. Now that I've had time to reflect, I should have said something.
1: You know, I was going to say it when you explained it, but I, I wanted you to think it through. Yeah. See if like you'd be able to like that moment right there, Right. I should have just approached.
0: We talked about that. We talked about I think it the last episode when we talked about being the bigger person. Exactly. I should've said something. I should've been yeah. like, Hey bro, how's it going? Long time no see like
1: And I bet you, bro, that he would have been instantly responded possibly to that too.
0: Probably. Now it's now it's just gonna be awkward if I see him again. It's like he's probably gonna be like, Oh, why didn't you talk to me the first time? Like
1: Whatever. It's just like it is what it is, right? Yeah. I made a mistake and I, and exactly, right? Again, going back to being a big person, yeah, I apologize, man. I should have just said something instead of just staring at you and you staring at me like long time.
0: Yeah. And the thing is is like I'm not a person that's like that'll ignore people like if if we cross the path, then I'll talk, right? Yeah. Right. like I told my wife all the time, I'm the kind of person that like if we don't lock eyes, I'm probably not going to talk to you. But if we lock eyes, I'm going to talk to you. Yeah, right.
1: I'm the same way too. I just
0: don't like to like I, when you know when someone doesn't want to talk. I don't want to be that person that's like, hey, what, what, what's yeah. going on? You like just I
1: mean? nudging conversation. Yeah, like thank like glory to God that I've I, I think I have enough social skills mm-hmm. to understand when someone <laughs> wants to talk or when not to talk. Right, and for the most part, in the same way, same way as too, unless it's somebody that. I know I haven't seen for a while, like, say, like, uh, your grandfather and your grandma, when you tell me that they're always at Fairview Mall walking up and down the aisles, like, I wouldn't necessarily approach them because I know they haven't seen me since I was a child, right? Yeah. So they'd be like, who is this guy? Who are you? Like kind of thing, right? They probably remember. Well, when uh, your last party, right, Mm -hmm. when I was speaking to your grandfather, right, like... um, Mauricio? I told him, yeah, I told him, like, I just want to let you know that... I still remember you but I don't think you remember and know who I am and we had that conversation like are you the son the hermano right and I was like yes I'm the young one he's like I remember <laughs> you when you were this small I'm like you know I was like yes I know <laughs> I, w-
0: I wish we had video format right, so everybody could see your face
1: <laughs> soon, soon soon I guess soon brother soon <laughs> God willing Yeah, buddy. but like it's like those situations right where like and I don't know if that's the right approach or not, but it, that's my mindset when it comes to those who haven't seen me for that long. Like, do I want to... And again, depending on the situation too. If I'm if if I i doing something urgently kind of a thing, then I got to hop step to it, right?
0: Yeah. I always try to, like... I'm always afraid to do that because I don't know if someone's going to re- reciprocate the same like memory as I'd, I do, right? So I'll give you this example. Mm-hmm. Um, in the summertime, remember, Sam invited us to La Paz? And we went to La Paz? Yes. Okay. Bro, you really do have a bad (laughs) memory. Like, I had to think about it.
1: Yeah, when you guys were sitting in front of me, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a second,
0: (laughs) So, I remember I was, like, a little nervous to go talk to Sam's Sam's dad. Right. And, uh, like, the pastor of La Paz. Because I was like, I don't know if he's going to remember me.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah.
0: Sorry, so I went up to him, and I shook his hand. I'm like, Dios le venia, hermano. He's like, Dios le venia. And I was like, uh, yo soy el hijo de yeah. my dad. And he's yeah. like, ah. He's like, yeah, it's crazy. And then his wife came, Sam's mom, and she was like, She's like, like, oh my God. Is, yeah. and she was like she was looking at my son. She's like, I can't believe how much he looks like you. He looks exactly like you when you were that age, and blah 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 blah. Whoa.
2: Like I just like I just
0: felt like love, right? Yeah. I just like, felt that love, right? A nice because, feeling of relief, eh? Yeah, because I was like, I don't know if they remember me. Because I had um crossed paths with him before, but we hadn't had like a conversation. Right. Like at their wedding. Right. I and
1: ju- and again, that's the same thing, right? He hasn't seen you since, right? Mm-hmm. So you're a completely different person. Yeah, then, so, it's right? like,
0: like, like I have a beard now, and, like, you know, obviously, like, I'm a grown man now. Yeah. So, it's like, uh, like, I remember them, but I don't even know if they remembered me. Exactly. But then it's like, when I saw her, like, for example, Sam's mama, like, she was like, oh, my God, your son looks exactly like you. Like, that's how you look like when you were his age, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like... OK, I feel I feel better now. Like they remember me like nice. and I, I don't know if you remember, like we were there like an hour after the service had yeah, ended, like in conversation, because they were just like making us feel so welcome. And like I remember when we went to that church, when we went to La Paz, my wife was like so shocked because she's like everybody was going up to you and they're like, oh, I remember when you were a kid, blah, blah, blah. Like I felt love. Right. Yeah. So obviously like, like that's the church I was born in. Right. So it's like there's nostalgia there. Yeah. But, um, like, if it makes you feel good, like, when someone reciprocates that same feeling, like, of, like, oh, we've known each other for so long, right? Like, I know, like, whenever I see your dad, like, it's just, like, this, it's just love. You just mm-hmm. feel love. Like, I love seeing your dad, like, and and, and I appreciate it because, like, I, we've invited you guys, to, like, to my wedding, to my kids and stuff, and you guys always go. And it's just, like, you know, like, there's still love there, like, and this relationship goes back, like, 20 plus years Like yeah. they literally See me As a kid As a teen As an adult now Right As a As as a father now As a, a husband Like they've seen Everything So there's always Like that little Nostalgia for me Right And for me Like Like I'm a very Nostalgic person Like I'm I, I show my affection my, my love for people Right So It feels nice When it When they show it to me As well right Because Uh Like I said, I'm very very nostalgic. So, it's just like, it's funny how life works, right? Because, like, for the listeners who are listening to us,
1: (laughs) (laughs) the listeners who are listening, (laughs) um,
0: my wife, I never would have imagined my wife was going to be my wife. Yeah. Because my wife and her family congregated in, like, Les de Dios. Right. My parents were really close to her parents when we were kids. My wife. And her siblings and and her parents obviously used to come over to my house all the time. Right, right. And I tell people this all the time. I used to, I used to get so upset because um, my wife's brother is,
1: oh yeah, is yeah. nine years younger than yeah. me. he's he's a young blood man. And my
0: wife is one of three girls. Mm-hmm. So whenever they came over to my house, it's like me and, me and my brother were like, "Who are we gonna play with?" Hey, right? Like, it's just a girl and then a really really young boy. It's like. I don't want to play with these people. Why are they always coming to my house? I yeah. remember I used to complain about it all the time.
1: Bro, that's where me and my brother came in, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Word.
1: We had and then and friends. That's, yeah. And then that's when probably Steph and Blanca... I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. And that's when your sisters came in and were like, man, how come How come these guys don't have any sisters? Like, who are we supposed to say? Yeah. Hey, that kind of thing, you know? And
0: I'm pretty sure they used to complain about it, right? Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. like, bro, you got your friends, like... You, like it needs to be fun for us too. Like, but yeah, it's funny how life works. I remember them coming over to our house a lot of the time, and me getting upset because uh, I was like, "Yo, I'm not. I have no one to play with, right?" Mm-hmm. But it's just funny how life works. I never would have imagined, right, that I would have I would have dated El Hermano Abraham's daughter, mm-hmm. and then I would have married her. Bro, if you would have told me twenty years ago that hermano Brown was going to be my father-in-law, I would have—I would have told you you're crazy. What? Yeah, and a lot of people still are like, "How yeah. did that happen?" Really? Only God knows, right? Yeah. Like, I still remember the day that I, I saw her for the first time since she was a kid. I hadn't seen her since she was a kid.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Then when
0: I saw her, I was like, "Whoa, she re- <laughs> she really grew up." Say it again. Whoa, <laughs> another one. <laughs> It's funny because the day I saw her, we were at her sister's birthday party. Your parents were there too. Really? Yeah. Your parents Uh. were there. Yeah, man. God works in mysterious ways. Amen. And then uh, our brother Sam is married to my wife's cousin. So now, like, we're somehow
1: cousins. And something similar as well, right? Because Sam, he congregates at a a different church than his his wife at that time. I mean, his wife now, she... (laughs) i'm gonna get this right <laughs> where sam congregates was not where his his now wife was congregating when they didn't know each other right? yeah different churches but similar thing right yeah they, they got to know each other i guess shout out to social media for getting them connected in that way right yeah and shout
0: out to sam we, we keep bringing him up maybe we should make him a part of our our podcast hey man last time dropping names and everything right yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's where forgiveness comes <laughs> in hand, right? Yeah, Because you were... I could tell you were annoyed. I, I was, But man. you weren't I saying I was anything. Cheesed, <laughs> <laughs> He wasn't I, doing it on purpose. No,
1: and, then, and, that's, and that's why, right? Because I know he wasn't doing it on purpose. Like, I know... Like, he's not used to this, right? Yeah. And he said it himself, too, right? That he's not used to it. But I just kept looking like... And, and again, that's thats on me, too, right? I should have <laughs> reminded him. So, Remmer, like, at least for me like you you have no problem which is all fine right and i think it again it's going to come to a point where i'm just going to say my name too right like at this point i think
0: i think that uh, i don't think us mentioning our names is is the thing i think the important thing with the title of our podcast is that we're trying to bring awareness bring light to the name of jesus at the end of the day your name and my name aren't important when it comes to the our message yeah exactly right? right because because if we're if we're talking about me jonathan Saying my name, Jonathan, 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 is like I'm bringing more light to my name, right? Right. Which is not what I want. I want to bring light to the name of Jesus Christ,
1: amen. Yeah, my
0: God, uh, the God of this world, even though the world does not want to accept that fact, right? The important thing is not your name, not my name. The important thing is God's name name. of Jesus, so. At the end of the day, like, yeah, our names are going to be out there. Yeah. A lot of the people that are listening, like my wife was like, well, why are you trying to hide your name? I'm like, most of the people that are listening already know who
1: you guys are, right? <laughs> Which but, is fine, right? Yeah. And we, we know that, right? But like for myself, right? Luis, Lucho, Luis, whatever the case may be, right? Uh, yeah. Like you said, my we're not, start, I don't, we're
0: not starting off like, Hey, welcome to name of Sturms. This is Jonathan and Luis. Like, yeah, no, yeah. that's not what we're doing. It's no, like,
1: that, that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> we're
0: kind of contradicting the message. Right. right? Yeah. But if the name gets out there, then it gets out there. Like exactly. At the end of the day, we can't, we can't, um, like I told you when we first started, like I didn't know that when I was doing the, like uploading where it says published, I didn't know my name was going to be on there. Right. And then right. my sister-in-law was like, she told my wife, "She's like, hey, in the publish, it says his name. So they kind of lose that whole yeah. name dropping thing, right? Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. was like, oh, well, I didn't do it on purpose, but it, it happened. It happened.
1: Like, but again, that's it's, it's it's the learning curve, right? We're yeah. learning. We're starting off. We don't know this, right? Yeah. We're We're clearly um, now more experienced in this area, right? But yeah. um,
0: like now, like now, when we're about to start, we're not playing around with this as much because like." <laughs> We already know what's going to happen.
1: We've seen this movie too many times. (laughs) Like. No more spending half an hour, 45 minutes doing some troubleshooting and doing mic check one, two, one, two. Just to end up doing it the
0: same way. Like, (laughs) like, yeah, we're, we know that right now you can only hear him on the left side and me on the right side. We know this, we're trying to figure out a way to, to make this work. Right. But you, you have to be patient with us.
1: Yeah. That's part of the journey, man.
0: Yeah. Like we like, we're we're actually doing it now but we talked about doing a podcast for how long
1: i don't even remember man yeah it's been a while wait
0: you didn't you don't remember i know (laughs) shocking (laughs) (laughs) bro i thought my memory was bad but yeah you're on a whole another level yeah i was surprised you don't remember you you don't forget your name
1: Yeah, bro if if we kept if i if i didn't name drop today if i kept it up i probably would have <laughs> what's my name again <laughs> yeah,
0: man, but like you know maybe we should wrap this up yes sir it's, it's been a it's been definitely a, a great experience so far yeah i put six up six episodes and um, i'm really enjoyed it like I always look forward to Saturdays now when we're going to record because even though today we didn't really come with a specific topic, we just, like, let it flow. Yeah.
1: And right? and, and that's something that we we knew beforehand and we agreed to, right? Like, if mm-hmm. we have topics hand, that's great, right? Just to keep the conversation going. Or if there's something not obvious and specific that we're going to discuss, then for sure, we'll plan it kind of thing. But, again, as we intended, right, we want this to be understood that we are just two Knicks, right? Mm-hmm. Average nicks, right? Um, just trying to guide ourselves through this life, right? Yeah. As two Christian men, that um, we understand we're not perfect. We're not theologians, we're, um, right? We're just trying to better ourselves in every type of aspect, right? And just yeah. having these types of conversations.
0: I think it's pronounced theol theolo- Oh, see, I tried. To so- <laughs> I tried to sound smart. Now I, I do don't messed idiot. it up.
1: Theologians. Theol- theologians.
0: Theologians. Is that is that how you say it?
1: i have no idea bro i'm <laughs> you forgot with my, with, yeah with my memory <laughs> yeah.
0: oh my god i never noticed how forget you forgetful you were
1: you know what i'm i'm gonna make an excuse right now i'm in it, and then this is gonna be my story it's because of working in long-term care oh <laughs> that's where <my> he <laughs> had to forget
0: <laughs>
1: it's probably not it but that's that's gonna be my reason No, <laughs> shout
0: out to the people that work in that in the industry man it's not easy
1: it's not PSWs and nurses they need to be recognized
0: they should, you should pay them pay them their money man like I i was actually telling my my cousin that the other day when we went to the hospital I was like man you can't pay me enough to wipe someone's butt Like, right. that's not for me like, I, I there's a lot of people that aren't even willing like a lot of men who aren't even willing to wipe their own children's butts yeah now and, can you imagine an, and that's like
1: the best case scenario man best case
0: scenario <laughs> Yep. so it's like there's stuff that I'm not like. Uh, it's not because I have a weak stomach, because I don't. It's mm-hmm. just like something that's I don't think I could do if I was ever.
1: Well, it's just let's just state it out. It's disgusting. It is right. Just say it the way it is. Yeah. There's so no beating around. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say it it's, on your chest. <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting, man. It's like you're you're. It's it's the butthole. It's it's like mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing nice that comes out of it, right? Yeah. It's just the the, the final byproduct of what you ingested yeah
0: right now i'm working in an industry where like um i'm not gonna drop the name because maybe i shouldn't but i'm Mm -hmm. working in an industry where i'm working with uniforms and i'm working with different types of uh uh products and i'm literally picking up people's um dirty laundry essentially yeah and you smell some ripe stuff it's not for everybody (laughs) right i like that
1: ripe stuff (laughs) but
0: i also worked in a pork factory
1: Oh yeah, so I know what that's
0: like, right? So it's like you you encounter so many different things, right? And I'm I love my job right now. Like it's so so much. It's fun. It's fun for me because I'm no I'm no longer confined by by walls. Mm -hmm. I'm outside. I can see what's what's going on outside. Like the sunshine is hitting me. Like I'm driving places. Like it's a lot of fun for me. And only God was able to provide this job for me, this opportunity, right? But even the, even the job I'm doing now is not for everyone. Right. Not a lot of people are willing to smell uh, someone's dirty pants. Yep. Someone's, like, a lot of the places I'm going to pick up is, like, you're dealing with welders, you're dealing with, like, these, pe- like, pork factories. In, yeah,
1: in, in, like, dirty jobs, man. It doesn't smell good. Nope.
0: Right? But you gotta look at it, like, you pick it up, you put it down, you smell it for, like, two seconds, then you yeah, move on, right? That's the thing, yeah. Even me, like, I, I'm a naturally sweaty person, mm-hmm. so when I work out, I sweat a lot. Right. When I'm working, I sweat a lot. Right. For a lot of people, that might be disgusting, right? But that's just how. That's. Like, it's not something I can control, right? <laughs> so it's like the last time we were talking about Prince Andrew. When he said, uh, "Uh, he has a condition where he doesn't sweat." I was like,
1: bro, what? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, what I mean? say that is a load of rubbish. <laughs>
0: but it's like you know what i mean it's not for everybody Uh uh-huh like you did psw work like that's i couldn't do that
1: oh i didn't do psw work
0: well you know what i mean (laughs) like you worked in a nursing
1: home right yeah long-term care home so yeah with uh seniors again with either Alzheimer's dementia or just completely bedridden i will say i did shadow a psw yeah and support a psw so i know um yeah, I've changed briefs before, and uh, no, I I will admit to this. I did uh, wipe and clean butts of seniors, right? Yeah. And again, like I powered through because I wanted to understand, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to know what it's like.
0: And you never know if you're you're ever going to be in that situation. That's why I never say never. Like I'll I I I don't want to say I'll never do that because you just don't know the circumstances or where your life is going to end up.
1: Yeah, man. Like, God forbid that. Um, one day our parents will yeah. be in a situation right
0: that's why i try to do like i try to do as much as i can for my parents because i know one day i will eventually be in their situation as well right so you don't want you never want to be ghosted by your own children right you never want to be like you know your children just putting you in a in a retirement home or whatever the case may be you want to hope that your children will be there to help you out in your your time and need as well, right? Like right now.
1: I was about to say, but go ahead, go ahead. Right
0: now, we're dealing with uh, the situation with my, my one of my grandfathers. Mm-hmm. My grandmother passed away three three years ago, and he was completely dependent on her in every way. In every way, like she went to the bank, she cooked for him, she did his laundry, she 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 was his interpreter, she was everything.
1: Yeah, it's just that at that time, that was like the the husband and wife, right? He'd be out in the field working all day kind of thing. And yep. she would be maintaining everything in the home. Yeah. Right? so my is grandfather
0: that... went into retirement mo- mode and he was like, I'm not doing anything anymore. He doesn't need to. Right. He, he worked all his life. right? He doesn't like, now is his time to relax, to sleep in, to sleep, take naps during the day. Like, why not? Like yeah. you did your di- you did your work now. Now it's time for you to relax. The only problem that he he has encountered with was that he got used to that lifestyle that my grandma had had made for him. Right. And when she passed away, that's she, gone. she left him with like uh, like she cooked the way he liked. For her to cook the way he liked it. Oh. She she everything she did she did it the way he specifically. Liked it. Yeah. So now that so she's that's not,
1: important information that. I don't know if you guys know about it or not, but hopefully. Yeah? What do you mean? So like you just said right now, right? She knew the way to cook for him because she knows his likes and dislikes. So there's specific recipes, Mm. right? And there's specific ways of she would do for him that only she would know. So hopefully that information...
0: It hasn't. Okay. He's had had a very... He's had a hard time adjusting to it, right? Yeah. So for example, like um, my uncle... Uh, his wife, she doesn't like to cook with a lot of salt, and he loves salt. Mm-hmm. So w- whenever it's time to eat, he he's like, I don't like this. this is he's, bland. He's very stubborn. So that's <laughs> when it comes down to the Diaz stubbornness. Even <laughs> Where though te- it originates from, <laughs> even technically he's not a Diaz, but he is. You know, he's stubborn. He's mm-hmm. very stubborn. Just like my dad is stubborn. Just like oh, I'm stubborn. Am I sleeping? We're all stubborn, right? Um, he's had a hard time adjusting to it because of that. Right. He has 60 plus years married to someone, making yeah. your rice, your chicken, whatever, the way you like it. Mm-hmm. Then when that person is gone,
1: no one else can only get to that standard.
0: Exactly. He knew or she knew how to cook it, how to prepare it the way he liked it. Yeah. So my grandpa was like, very like, oh, I want um camarones today. Okay. I'm going to make it for you now he doesn't have that so he, like we were talking about he became very dependent on her right to the point that it's it's been it's been very difficult for him to adjust to that to someone else's cooking adjust to someone else doing his laundry the way he likes it or or now my dad my dad's the one that has to take him to the bank my dad's the one that has to kind of show him how to use a debit card even though he still doesn't know how to use it right like all these things, like going to the doctors, like getting his medicine, getting preparing his his uh, his coffee, like everything, it, it's, it's changed. It's been a complete change, right?
1: How old is uh, your grandfather? If you don't want me asking.
0: Eighty five. Eighty five years young. Years young. So he's set in his ways. Right. That's, oh, that's the problem. Man. Yeah, for sure. He's he's very set in his ways. Like now, all he wants to do is go back to Osvaldo. The problem is now. Is that like who's gonna take care of him over there? Yeah, right. Nothing in life is free, so you gotta pay for whatever. Some it's... kind of caretaker. Yeah. Yeah. So when he came back from Osava, he came back in January. January. He came back rough, like, like I thought we, we thought we were gonna lose him. Like it was that mm-hmm. close. Yeah. So, like, gracias a Dios, like he he recuperated. The problem now is like. He's like um I would say he's like Desanimado. You for know what sure. I mean? Sure, yeah, man. So cuz
1: he, he has every right to be too, he misses, right? Like you said, right? They've been together for 60 plus years. That's your every every He misses time.
0: he misses having a spouse. Yeah. So and I know I'm probably like saying too much information, but like at the end of the day, like we can all learn from this, right? Mm-hmm. We we are it's easy to criticize someone when you're not in that situation. You know what I mean? It's, oh, e- yeah. it's easy to look at an older person and be like, why are they acting crazy? Why are they acting this way? We're all eventually going to get there. Yep. You know, dementia, all that stuff, people, like older people getting a little senile, like, we're all going to get there. Like, yeah. right now, we're young. We have
1: no understanding of that.
0: No. But we're going to get there one day or another, right? So, it's, it's it's like you said, we have to understand and comprehend these people. Try to comprehend these people and not just criticize them. You know yeah, what I mean?
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Because,
0: like, are your grandparents still around?
1: Uh, Both my grandfathers, yeah, are no longer. I just have two grandmothers left. Uh, my, my dad's father. Mm. I mean, my, my dad's mother. Mm-hmm. So I, that's a big reason why he also went mm-hmm. to Wate, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, he has a feeling that this might yep. be the last time, kind of thing, right? And she has dementia. Oh, so um, he his brother, like she, like his, um, his brother, who's two years older than him with his wife is now living with her in the home mm-hmm. to kind of support and be there with her. So shout out to my uncle who took that on that responsibility. Cause that's not easy.
0: No. And the thing is like, like with the situation with my grandfather right now, um, my grandfather and my grandmother were living, are we're living with my uncle. So it hasn't been easy for my uncle either, but at no, the same time, not. at the same time, it's like, you kind of have to know what you're getting yourself into. Right. Yeah you shouldn't expect them to stay healthy the rest of their life, right? And uh,
1: It's a huge change, right? And it's to the point now where my grandmother, she's at the point where she's definitely progressed in her dementia. mm -hmm. So she's resorting back to reliving a lot of her childhood kind of memories kind of thing. So her sense of reality is completely flipped upside down where there's moments where she's with you, but then the next... She's, She's thinking that you're, like, uh, someone that she met, like, 60 years prior, kind of a thing, right? Yeah. To the point where she acts like a child kind of mm. thing, right?
0: That happened to, mo- to my great-grandmother. I don't know if it was dementia, but um, my great-grandmother passed away when she was 96. Wow. So, from, like, 90 from like ninety to 96, when you talk to her, it's like you're talking to a little girl. Mm-hmm. So it's like her, the way she thought, the way she acted, completely changed, right? Because she was no longer Juanita from, you know, when she was 75 even. She was Juanita now of 96, where my grandmother had to force her to eat. Yeah. She had to, She, my great-grandmother, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um. Towards her last years, she got this obsession with toilet paper yeah I don't even know how to explain it it sounds crazy but she started collecting toilet paper so much so that she started stealing it from church (laughs) so my my grandmother would take her to church and she would go into the bathroom and just steal toilet paper rolls and then no one knew where she would put it or like why she was doing it but she just got this weird obsession with toilet paper and then when like for example like you sneeze and you're like oh I need paper she'd be like oh here's some paper she give you paper like a little piece of paper mm-hmm. and you will be like my and everybody like to my grandma like why is she taking toilet paper she's like I don't know
1: see and, and it's those moments where like they go to a point in their life where um, because when you have dementia and Alzheimer's like at, at that point your short your short term memory is completely fried right. Yeah. All you have left over is just your long-term memory, right? So at some point, like, it'd be interesting to know. And I've, and that's too bad that there's no one that you can really contact or connect to because there's a root to that, right? Yeah. I don't know if there was a time in, in which era of that lifestyle was where toilet paper was, like, um, remember during COVID where, like, everyone just started snatching all the toilet paper yeah. kind of thing? Like, I wonder yeah. if it was something like that at some point in her lifetime where toilet paper was such a necessity that it was just running out. So people were just like, as soon as she sees it, she just recalls like, Oh, we don't have any toilet, paper. we need, we need, we need kind of thing. Right.
0: Yeah. Because towards like, I'd say the last 10 years of her life, she didn't even know where she was. Yeah. She didn't know she was in El Salvador. She was in Canada. She didn't, she had no idea. She didn't even know who I was. Yeah. And I was her great grand, great grandson. So the only people, the only people she recognized was my grandma, my grandfather, and my dad and, her, and my uncles. Yeah. So, but the, the towards the end, she, when she saw my dad, she would just, she would just see like Jorge pequeño. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I remember I got emotional. She actually made me cry like maybe six months before she, she passed away. Uh, I was just like, kind of like, you know, having a short talk with her because mm-hmm. that's all you can really do back then yeah. with her. You have to keep it very simple. Yeah. And then she, she kind of just stopped and she's like. She looked at me. And she was like, "Tú eres el, el hijo de Jorge." I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Jonathan." I'm like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Oh!" And I I almost cried. That's a was, huge Eureka moment. It yeah. was the first time, yeah, in years that she recognized me. And I still remember when she was she was in her deathbed. I remember, like, my, like a couple months before that, I told my dad, "I'm like, do you think, do you think, mm, Mama Juana, um, actually converted? Cause she was she was hardcore Catholic before she converted, right? And my dad was like, I think so, but I don't really know, cause she's lost her mind, kind yeah. of thing, right? And I remember, you know, on her deathbed, um she she looked at us she could barely talk anymore and she looked at us she's like yo los amo todos a ustedes mi familia and then she stopped and she's like pero yo amo a Jesus and she raised Santo. her hands up and she said Jesus te amo tu eres mi Dios and I remember I saw that and I was like glory to God wow a couple of days later, she died. But I knew, and I know I'll see her again. And I know that she was an escogida de Dios. And I know that she loved us, even though she couldn't remember who we were. Oh, yeah. And it's that's what made me realize one that just because I'm not in that situation right now does not mean that I will one day be in that situation. Mm-hmm. That's why you need to pay it forward. Do what you can in life. Appreciate your grandma, your grandpa, your mother, your father, your friends, your loved ones. Appreciate them during life. When they're still alive, when you can tell them, I love you, Mm -hmm. do it. Right? Because when they're dead, when they're gone. That's it. You don't want to live your life knowing I could have done more.
1: Yeah having those what-if situations, having moments of regret, right? And again, right? That's the example we need to set for those ab- before us as well. Jesus showed us
0: the love, the compassion that he had for humanity, mm-hmm. right? Even in his last moments, he still said, forgive them. Why? Because he, that's what he was showing us. that Even though people might treat you horribly,
1: despite all the pain, all the terrible actions that were caused upon him, after all the things that were said about him, after everything of suffering, of pain, physical torment, all that stuff, he still, in those final last moments, wanted to show everyone, be the example, and let them understand that despite all I've been through, we still must forgive.
0: And this, I'm gonna end it, we should end this with, I wanna end it with this testimony, yep. all right? When I was a kid, I was not close to my abuelita Silvia and my and abuelo Jose, Chepito. I wasn't that close with them because I had uh, other people telling me other things, right? Uh, like the other side of my family telling me nonsense. One day when I was around 15 years old, I had a dream. And in my dream, I saw my grandfather, mi abuelito Jose, I saw that he was dying and in that dream I saw that he was trying to, like we were in a family gathering and he was trying to help like prepare the food and all this stuff and everyone was telling him not to worry about it, right? And, but when I knew he was dying in that dream. And I remember when I woke up, I still had that image in my head. And then I told my dad the, the dream, I told him, Hey, I had this dream. My dad just looked at me. He's like, maybe God's telling you that you need to form a relationship with him. And I was, I, I just stood there and I was like, hmm, I don't really have a relationship with my grandparents, like that side. Because I had, I had a relationship with my other grandparents. And then uh, I started to form a relationship. I felt the need that... I needed to make an effort, right? Even though they weren't at the time, it needed to come from me, right? I think that's a profound uh, idea that I had. For a 15-year-old, it's not something that, you know, they're thinking about, right? But I started to make an effort to have a relationship with them. And I ended up forming an indescribable relationship with my grandparents. A relationship that, I don't think we'll ever, I can't ever duplicate with anybody else, right? I became so close to them that I was able to express to them my deepest, darkest thoughts. When I was in depression, my parents and my grandparents were the only people that knew. When I felt alone, my grandparents and my parents were the only people that knew. And I was able to form this relationship with with my grandfather, and my grandma. That when my, my when my grandma passed away three years ago, it was one of the worst times of my life, because I have my mother, and I love my mother to death. But my second mother was my grandmother. I formed a relationship with her that I can't even describe. And when she died, I wasn't able to be at her side because of COVID. And to this day, I still miss her. I still cry over my grandmother. And my wife, I remember when she, when my grandmother passed away, my wife told me that that The last, the two weeks after she passed away, I don't even remember to this day. Because I went into into, I don't even know what it was. I don't want to say depression, right? But I went into this sadness. And, but what got me out of it was what my grandma used to tell me all the time. That above everything, she loved Jesus, and she gave her life to Him. Despite everything she went through. My grandma did not have an easy life. She had to deal with an alcoholic husband. She had to to deal with losing six children. She had to deal with so much. So much hate. But if you talk to her, she was the most loving person. She was kind. She was understanding. She was willing to give... Whatever she had, she was willing to give it. I remember one of her famous sayings to me was, I might not be able to give you money, but you'll never leave my house without having a full stomach. I'll never deny you food. I'll never deny you love. And all those words, still, I hold them dear to my heart. And I hope people are able to have that kind of relationship with their elders, right? Because not everybody has that kind of relationship.
1: No. Um if I can step in just real quick. Mm-hmm. That's why when I hear these stories, man, like I'll be honest, like I get jealous, right? I envy that because my immediate family's here, but my entire extended family, right? They're all back home, so I, I never knew what it's like to have uncles, cousins, mm-hmm. and grandparents that are like really next to you, right? Um, and it's it's not a knock on you at all, man. Like, that's, it's beautiful stuff, right? It's amazing stuff, but like you're saying, right? To the point of sometimes we don't know the blessing that's before us. Hmm. And we don't take advantage of the moments of the times, right?
0: Yeah, because you're, you're, you, not having your close family here, the ones that are here don't make that effort, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people barely talk to their grandparents barely talk to, talk to their uncles right so for me losing my grandmother was very difficult but I know I'll see her again and my wife like made me cry one time because she said the last time I saw my grandmother alive I was about to leave and I looked down on her feet and her feet were swollen and I told her I'm like hey take it easy you're not young anymore. You don't need to be do- walking to downtown Kitchener. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be doing all this stuff that you're doing all the time. Just just take it easy. And she was like, I'll be fine. She said that to me, right? Of course. And then my wife told me that right before we left, she hugged her and she said, take care of yourself. And she said to her, she said, take care of Jonathan. I love him so much. And it makes me emotional because I still miss her so much. Mm -hmm. But I know she's resting. I know she's in God's presence now. And I know one day I'm going to see her again. And I'm not going to see her with her swollen feet. I'm not going to see her with the bruise that she had on her arm. I'm not going to see her the way she she left. I'm going to see her a new person because that's who she believed in she believed in Jesus Christ she believed that she he was her Lord and Savior she believed that Jesus is God and all of those who believe all that we will see them one day Amen. every brother, every sister that is in Jesus Christ's presence now one day they will rise up and we'll meet each other in heaven and we will say we made it we fought the good fight we made it no more suffering no more sorrows no more pain. No more pain. No more sin. Everything is new. I'm going to see my great... My, my abuelita Silvia. I'm going to see my mama Juana. I'm going to see my tío Tato. I'm going to see every person that we've lost. Every person that we've loved. That they, If they believe in Jesus Christ, we will see them one day, brother. In glory. In glory. All we have to do, now that we are alive... Is to express to each one and every one of ourselves that we love each other, that we are there for each other, through sickness and in health. Mm-hmm. It's not just a promise that you need to make to your spouse; it's a promise that you need to make for your brothers and your sisters in Christ, right? To so help let each
1: them other. know that they're not alone.
0: No, they have God and they have us. Right? That's what God wants from us to show that love that compassion that unconditional love that we need to show each and every single one of us us
1: right just as our immediate family our brothers and sisters would always be there for us it's the same mindset that we need to have yes
0: right yeah I, if, know, it's, I know it got I know it got really really deep
1: but that's okay though um before we close I just want to ask this from you um is it right if you close in prayer mm-hmm for this moment. I feel like it's um, appropriate.
0: Okay. Padre Santo, que estás en gloria, te damos gracias, Señor Jesús, por lo que tú estás haciendo en medio de nosotros, Señor Jesús. Lo que tú nos estás mostrando cada día, Señor, que vivimos, cada día que estamos aquí, Señor Jesús, es, es con un propósito, Padre, A que muchas veces estamos pasando por pruebas, por dificultades, por por tribulaciones, Señor Jesús. No es nada comparado a lo que tú sufriste por nosotros, Señor Jesús, en esa cruz. Amén. Tú sufriste, Señor Jesús, para que nosotros pudiéramos tener vida. Por tener vida eterna, Señor Jesús. Lo que tú quieres de nosotros, Padre, es que nos amemos unos a otros. Que estemos unidos, Señor Jesús. Sí. ¿Qué es lo que nos une, Padre Jesús? Eres tú. Ese amor que tú nos diste a nosotros y lo que nos das es lo que tú quieres que nosotros le mostremos al mundo, Padre. Amén. Solo tú puedes hacer eso, Padre. Solo tú, Señor Jesús, es el que puede poner perdón en nuestro corazón. Ese entendimiento, Padre, te compro comprendernos unos a los otros. Saber, Señor Jesús, que cada uno de nosotros tenemos que cargar nuestra cruz, Padre. Individualmente, Padre. Solo Tú sabes el dolor que cada uno de nosotros llevamos. Solo Tú sabes, Señor Jesús, lo que está en nuestro corazón. Solo Tú conoces nuestro dolor, lo que Nosotros sentimos lo que pensamos, Señor Jesús, nuestro llanto, Señor Jesús, nuestras oraciones, Padre, solo tú lo sabes, Padre. Pero solo porque tú estás callado, Señor Jesús, no significa que no estás orando, Padre. Tú conoces las peticiones de cada uno de nosotros, Padre. Tú conoces la petición que mi hermano aquí lleva en su corazón, Padre. Sólo tú sabes el anhelo que Él tiene. Sólo tú sabes, Señor Jesús, lo que Él piensa, Padre. En esta tarde, Padre, te pido por mi hermano aquí, que está a la par de mía, Señor Jesús. Te pido, Señor Jesús, que seas tú usándolo, Señor Jesús, en tu reino, Padre. Usando la boca que Él tiene, Señor Jesús, para proclamar la verdad, Señor Jesús. Jesús. Muéstrales el don que Él tiene, Señor, en tu cuerpo, Padre. Muéstrale a Él, Señor Jesús, lo que tú quieres que Él haga, Señor Jesús, así como lo que que yo te estoy pidiendo, Señor Jesús, que tú muestres lo que nosotros como, como amigos, como hermanos en Cristo, lo que queremos hacer, Señor Jesús, para ti. Muéstranos a todos, Señor Jesús, lo que tú quieres que hagamos, Padre, porque yo sé que tú no quieres a nosotros sentados en una banca, Señor Jesús, calentando la silla, Señor, eso no es lo que tú quieres de nosotros, Padre. A mi hermano, Jesús, provee todo lo que su corazón desea, Padre Jesús, ayúdanos en cada momento, Señor Jesús, que Él pueda ser la luz en la oscuridad, Señor Jesús. Ayúdanos, Padre, en cada momento. Pon ese amor. Pon ese ánimo en nosotros, Padre. No dejes que el diablo gane, Padre. Eres más fuerte que el diablo. Eres más fuerte que el mundo, Señor Jesús. Te amamos, Padre. Te seguimos predicando, Señor, en las buenas y en las malas, Padre. Es fácil servirte cuando todo va bien, Padre. Pero es difícil servirte cuando todo va mal. Pero sabemos Señor que contigo Señor Jesús lo podemos hacer. Hemos peleado la buena batalla Señor Jesús. Seguimos peleando esa buena batalla. Danos esa fuerza para llegar al fin. Para encontrarnos con nuestros hermanos y nuestras hermanas Señor que hemos perdido. Pero vamos a llegar. En tu nombre, Señor Jesús. Proclamamos, Señor Jesús, tu nombre siempre. Porque somos siervos sin nombres para para tu Señor Jesucristo. Te damos gracias, Padre, por todo lo que haces en nuestra vida y lo que vas a seguir haciendo, Padre. Por lo que nos das y por lo que nos quitas, Señor Jesús. Eres el Rey de eres, Señor de señores. Eres Dios Todopoderoso, Señor Jesús. Y como le dice tu palabra a toda rodilla, toda lengua confesará un día que tú eres Dios. Amen. Te amamos, Jesús. Amén. amén.
1: Amén. Glory to God, brother. And thank you once again, everyone, for taking the time to listen, to hear us out. And as always, God bless you all. We love you all. And until next time.
0: It was a long one. But it was a good one, I think.
1: Do we beat a record? I think we beat
0: our record by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Santo What did you say spicy pea? What was it?
1: Oh sloppy pea, man. Sloppy
0: pee. <laughs> I hope one day we can win the championship again. <laughs> Brother. And then how uh, we started so
1: a su nombre, gloria, a su nombre, gloria, y su pueblo,